Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Lewis. Lewis. I'm a mess. They'll podcast you. They podcast everything. <laughs> Jesus. I'd podcast that for a dollar. That, that's a good one. That's a good one. You got Better more? alive, you're podcasting with me. <laughs> Come quietly or there will be podcast. <laughs> Ooh, podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> what is that? I don't Come even know. Come on, the Tigers are podcasting. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> uh, Do you podcast, Bobby? <laughs> I, I you know this movie better than me. Clearly. I may, I might know every line. <laughs> well, hello, I'm David Sims. My name is Griffin Newman. All right, all you right. Are clearly suffering post traumatic stress. <laughs> I will notify a crisis center. Well, Rape I was going to say the podcast center. center. Oh, yeah. Po- podcast crisis the center. The nearest podcast crisis center. <laughs> that might be indelicate. <laughs> this is an indelicate movie. This is the best movie ever made. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. I know I already said it, but I need to get it out again because, God, I'm twice as excited for this episode as any episode we've ever recorded. It's disgusting. He's been sweating with glee for an hour. That's not sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's blood. All right. Okay. Been bleeding. <laughs> My face has been bleeding with excitement. Sure. His face is blood red. We're hashtag the two friends. Competitive advantage. Concerts of contacts. Okay. And this is a podcast about filmographies. Ben's laughing. David's already pissed off and I'm having such a fun time. <laughs> it's a narrative. I'm having fun too. Uh, it's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their career and are issued a series of blank checks. And sometimes those checks clear. Cha-ching. Sometimes they bounce, baby. Boing. But this time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying stuff out. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself because this one's clearing. Better blank check yourself. Hey. Um, this is a main series on the films of Paul Verhoeven. Yep. It is called Podship Casters. Well, well said. And today we are covering... His seventh movie overall? Is that correct? I'd tell you, but the Wi-Fi's down. His second English language film, because we're yes. only covering the English language film. Uh, right. Paul Verhoeven, The Hollywood Years. Yep. Uh, and uh, more importantly, uh, we are covering the great American film. The? the, the this the, is the great American Capital movie. T, capital G. I would say so. <laughs> yep. I think a lot about Idly, and I'm sure you do as well. Uh, what you would uh, do were you invited to submit your your sight and sound top ten? Mm. You know the very vaunted, uh, highly the, esteemed uh, decade. Right, every decade. Every decade they have a, a, a combination of a survey. No, there's two lists: journalists and filmmakers, and then the composite list of the two together. I said, well, no, but there's the journalist list and the critic list. I think of those as, I mean, journalist Filmmakers, list and the filmmaker list. Right. Yeah. There is a combined list. Fuck the combined list. There's three list. lists in total. Yeah, fuck the combined list. Two lists. Two lists. There's Two good lists. lists. In total. There's three lists in total. Mm-hmm. It's like the mystery of Eleanor Rigby or 
What, what's that movie Disappearance called? Disappearance of Eleanor. Whatever, Eight I don't know. Cool. Fuck me. That movie oh. was a stinker. I can't believe I whiffed a reference to a movie for people now. <laughs> that was a movie where I saw the, um, you know, them, the combined version. That was right? the joke I was making. I know, and I was like, ugh, what a slug. And people were like, well, you know, both the, the two separate versions, him and her, yeah. you know, which are each like you know, an hour and 45 yeah. minutes long, you know, those are good. And I was like, I'm not, after watching that, I'm not going to go see the longer versions. Yes. Yes, uh, that's that's how I feel when people tell me to watch uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, <laughs> the, the extended. Cut. Cut. I actually kind of want to watch that someday. I want. <laughs> But today, this is the Great American Movie, and what I was what I was trying to say was, I, I think about that if I were were handed a sight and sound list, right? Yeah. And I know what my top ten favorite movies are pretty well. There's some rotation with, Interesting. The, with I, the moods. I, I don't think I do. But, I'd say uh, I have a 15 that are always in my 10. Wow. Well, you know, and sometimes I get the you, lower I get rankings, yeah, they sort of right, I go through periods, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very few movies that are in my personal top 10 that I think would also make my like sight and sound. Here's my objective analysis oh, of what it. I think are the 10 best films ever made. I get it. A lot of the cases of the movies that are on my favorite movie list. This is a very roundabout way to say Robocop is on your favorite movie list and your best movie list. Yes. Yes. I right. get it. I get it. I get what you're but, saying. No, but what I want to say was like a lot of my, the movies I think are the best films of all time. There's another film that director made that personally I feel more attached to. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. Like it's the same directors overlapping on the two lists a lot. Right. But this movie I just think is like the film for me. That it's the film for me. It's the film for me. I think it's the great American movie. Yeah. Made by a sex obsessed Dutchman. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> One of his least sex obsessed films. Yes. Yeah. Which I love about it and I want to talk about a lot. Okay. But you're great. I, I, I'm going to talk about every single uh, yeah, fucking element of this movie. Uh-huh. No guest on this one no. be, because we already don't have space for me to share all of my thoughts. Yeah, I chased the guests away from this one. I was like, no, you don't want to come here. Oh, yeah, get far away. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just, I look at this movie and I'm like, no, objectively, I think this is as good as any English language film I've ever made. Sure. Uh, well, I think it's definitely the second best thing Paul McCrane was ever involved with. ER's number one? Yeah. Okay, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love this movie. The film, I, we're, talking I adore today, this movie. The film we're talking about today is called Robert Cop. Yep. Please don't do that. <laughs> Robert Cop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Please don't do that. It's Bob Cop. Half man, half machine, 100% Robert. <laughs> no, it's half half Robert, half cop. Bobo Cop. <laughs> Cops and Robertsons, that's what we're discussing today. That's right, Chevy's back. Yeah. I would be down for that. I know you would. Yeah. Robocops and Robertsons. Robocop <laughs> and a half. Sure. Robocopland. Oh. Ooh. That's a serious turn. That sounds like the, the Jurassic World type reboot where it's like, we gotta make it bigger. You know, it's a whole land of Robert Cops. Copland is one of those movies that when it came out, everyone was like, wow, what a like sort of dramatic turn for Sly Stallone, this sort of like, you know, weighty drama. Yeah. And now you watch, you're like, this is a fun movie. Like, yeah. I, never, I wish Hollywood would make more movies like this. Well, that's like it's how... It's about breaking balls, basically. That's like when, uh, I always think about this, but when Paper Moon came out, it was dismissed as like fucking popcorn Yeah, fluff. like puffery. Right, yeah. like puffery. And now it's like art cinema of the yeah. highest order. There's another one. Oh, oh, like uh, The Untouchables is fascinating to watch in that sense. Because when I came out, everyone was like, this is just like a dumb blockbuster. And you watch it now and you're like, it's yeah, right. written by David Mamet. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's got like... 
fucking Morricone score. It's big set pieces and homage to Battleship Potemkin. All true. And everyone's like, this is some movie for fucking teenagers at a mall. Just spilled water everywhere. But that's, All right. that's what I love about Robert Cop is I think this is a movie, and I've said this before and I'll say it a thousand times, and it's why I think this movie is like this platonic ideal of what I think film can do as a populist medium. Oh my God. Is that this is a movie that works for the smartest person in the room and the dumbest person in the room. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's 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 Paul Verhoeven's yeah. double whammy right. there, right? And, yeah. and this is the one that synthesizes it best. And I think the thing that this movie does that puts it above the other Verhoeven films, which I, I love, I, I love all the films to some degree or another that we're talking about in this series. Even Hollow Man? I haven't seen Hollow Man. That's oh, the one I haven't seen. Okay. But you love Showgirls. I do. Love Starship Troops. Yeah. Basic Instinct? I thought you hadn't seen that I one. Seen it. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. right. I so you're not that. a huge, uh, yeah, you're not a completist over here. I'm not. I'm not. Hey, I'm completing over here. <laughs> sorry. I think this movie is uh, the most genuine affection Paul Verhoeven has had for his characters in one of his American films. Mm-hmm. I think often he uses his protagonists as sort of delivery devices to get to the larger points he wants to make. Okay. Or they're sort of built around movie star personas. And I think this movie has a real humanism to it. Yes. That seems uh, incompatible with everything else this film is doing. I think I this so. film is this insane balancing act that he's able to like have his cake and eat it too. And make this movie that's like a, a balls to the wall satire, yes. an action film, yes. You know, um, this sort of deconstruction of uh, the American, uh, you know, hero mythology, our obsession sure. with violence, yes. Uh, you know, the culture at the time, our relationship technology, and also just like a movie about like a fucking good guy trying to remember who he is. Sure, you know what? It's the worst. Of all those things? What? It's, it's not like an amazing action movie. It's like a fine action movie. I think it's a really solid action movie, but you it's also have solid. to compare it to the action movies at the time, which are very different than the action movies we're used they to. They are. But even I would say even then, you know, I think the action in the movie is totally fine, but I don't think he's that interested. Because, you know, the character is sort of a, a lumbering giant. Well, you okay. know, he lumbers around. Okay, so... so well, let's lumber. Yes, but that's that's a huge part of this film. Everything's going to be a huge part of this film. Yeah, because this is the biggest movie ever made. <laughs> sure. It's the hugest it was, it was. It was pretty cheap, though, this movie. 10 mil. 10? I thought it was a little higher. Like, I thought it was like 15. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something crazy. Oh, my God. W- what? Last night I watched this movie with great pleasure. <laughs> right? How many times have you seen this movie? I, I couldn't count. Honestly, I've, I've probably seen it uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 times. Okay, okay. That's my guess. All right. But I watch it a lot. I would have guessed more, honestly. I mean, all right. Wikipedia says $13 million for the budget. Okay, so what I was going to tell you was mm-hmm. I watched it last night with great pleasure. And I was like, oh, fuck. God, I love this movie. How much fun this is. Can't we go back to the Star Wars day where, where we just talk about one movie every week? Can't I just watch RoboCop every week? It, it, I, that's so crazy. I've been listening back to our Star Wars episodes uh-huh. um, because the Reddit listens back to yeah, them. yeah. And uh, thank God we don't do that anymore. We really struggle in some of those episodes. Oh, we got sweaty on a lot of those. Um, All right. All right. But I watch with pleasure. I watch with pleasure. I go to sleep. I have wonderful dreams. I have the best night's sleep I've had in years. Sick, weird person. Thinking of my my friend Robert. Okay. (laughs) Uh And then I wake up in the morning and the disc is still in my player, right? Sure. And I turn on my PlayStation 4 to, you know, play uh, Lego City Undercover. And I'm like, huh, you've never listened to the commentary 
Oh, and okay. I watched RoboCop again today. I've watched it twice in the last twenty four hours. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, good for you. Good for you. I've never listened to the commentary either. I have it now because I own the Blu Ray. Yes. Um, and uh, I'd like to because I believe it's cited. I've seen it cited. I believe it's ported over from the Criterion. Yes, it is from the Criterion. Because yes. the commentary was recorded in two thousand. They talk about George W. Bush just <laughs> having been elected. Wow. What a great time. Yes. I'm nostalgic for the era of the RoboCop commentary. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, they said on it that the budget was $10 million, and they went a little bit over. You want to hear one of the best examples of uh, smart producing I've ever heard? Because the commentary is him, Ed Newmeyer, the screenwriter, co-screenwriter, and John Davidson, who was the producer on the film. Okay. And they were running out of money coming up against the end of their schedule. And Verhoeven had all these big ideas, adding in the commercials, all these things they wanted to shoot that they didn't have time to fit in. And so what they did was they pushed the scene of Murphy's killing off of the schedule. Okay. They used the couple of days they were going to need for that entire set piece to fill in all the other stuff they wanted to do. Right. So then they went back to the studio and they and were like, like, shit, we didn't, this is a crucial scene. You got like, to give us more money. You got to give us money for that. Interesting. Because they were like, if we shot that, they would never give us more money to do the other stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. They, that's very that's very cute of them. It's really smart. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't say the exact amount, but it was a budget of 10 went over. Sure. 13 is the amount I'm seeing. Perfectly yeah. small amount, honestly. Yes. For, uh, uh, 1987. 87. Seven, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Orion, uh, you know, is is a pretty substantial studio at this time, but doesn't make huge budget films. No. They make a lot of trash. They also did some high high class kind of stuff. Silence of the Lambs, notably. Dances with Wolves. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, but that was when they were starting to tiptoe into bigger and bigger budgets. But they, they started out as kind of like a Lion's gate kind of like mini-major, sort of. But, you know, how many Best Picture winners did Orion produce? Three? Four. How many Best Picture winners, and I found this out today, did, has the Walt Disney Company produced? Zero. Zero. That's and nuts. Do you know how many nominations... Disney like has four or five. I think Mary Poppins and th- like Beauty and the Beast and like three Pixar movies. Yeah, That's it was. It. Yes, it was yeah. two until they added. Yeah, they expanded the, three the Pixar field. Pixar movies, yeah. right? No, yeah. but Orion had Amadeus Platoon, uh, oh, Dances with Wolves, and, and um, uh, Sounds of the Lambs. Of the Lambs. That's, That's crazy. quite a pretty good run for That's a, a really studio that goes bankrupt like a year after the Sounds of the Lambs or whatever. Yes. So at this point, they had won two of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, They're, yeah. But they do a lot of genre stuff. Yes, well, that's the thing. They're much like Lionsgate, yes. mix of uh, yeah. schlock and uh, slightly more arty. Yes. Yeah. So um, he had done Flesh and Blood with them. Mm-hmm. He's now fully wanting to convert into the studio system. And as I said in our Flesh and Blood episode, disappointed at in himself yeah, at the sure. failure of Flesh and Blood, said, I need to move to Hollywood right. and ingrain myself in American culture. With because my wife. My wife. He has been chased out of the Netherlands. Right. They said, you are too cuckoo for these Cocoa Puffs. You're not getting any government funding for your silly movies. So he goes to Hollywood and says, I need to, King Louis style, figure out how to walk like them, talk like them. Ooh, you. Oh, that that King Louis. Yes. Right. Not, not the, uh, no. the, the king of the French. Right. Right. But so he starts like observing American culture from this almost like anthropological level. And American films. And really studying the rhythms to try to figure out what connects with the American populace. He's just going to talk for the whole episode, guys. Go on. Go this on. is my dissertation. Yeah, this yeah, episode's yeah. my dissertation. Sure. They're sending him a lot of scripts. Yes. He reads the script. He throws it in the trash. It's called RoboCop 
the future of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. He says he reads half a page. Is it the Newmeyer Minor combined script, or is it like some earlier version of this script? No, it's, it's the combined it's, script, right? Because like, I believe yes. the genesis was that one of them had written a script about like robo drones in the future, and one of them had written a script about like a cop who gets a machine in his body, and they were like, it, it was pretty much what they shot. No, yeah, yeah, with, right, with right. some on the fly changes. They had already like decided to combine right. their ideas. This was the yes. movie existing in, in pretty much the form we know today. Yeah, you read like half a page of probably just like the table setting. Yeah, and yeah. Like, this is garbage. Give me a Shagarna crap. <laughs> Blinch in a bong. Oh, God. He took a little skin flake out of a box and yeah, he put it on I his mean, tongue. I love gold. Unfortunate smelting action. He's got a gold member. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, we I was, get it, right? I was about to say smelting action, smelting. too. Which is funny that both of us thought of that, considering that's not a notable quote from that Oh, really? Movie. Me and my smelting cousin. Smelting as a term smelting. always jumped out to me. Right, right, right. But me and my cousin used to uh, just say that to each other all the time for some reason. One See, summer. I used to say that, too. This Schmelt. is why we're friends. Unfortunate smelting. Unfortunate. Yeah. Yes. Um, he throws it onto the floor, into the rubbish, right? Yeah, the gold member. Yeah, right. Clunk. Uh, Clunk. Right. Um, but he was just getting all these all these scripts. And his wife, his wife of 50 years, she, you know, is she fishes it out. Yes. And she reads it and she goes, Paul, you fucking no, idiot. She she swipes the coffee grounds okay, off David, of it. You know, for the picks off home and a banana peel. Off of it. <laughs> right. Then Paul slips on the banana peel. Ah, smelting. <laughs> I don't know. She reads the script and says, yeah. are you are you a fucking idiot? Do you think she says literally, are you a fucking idiot? On the idiot? commentary, he makes it sound like she was that dismissive and angry of him. Sure. Said like, Paul, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Did you this read is... this thing? And he was like, no, it's called RoboCop. He's dumb. I hate RoboCop. Right. And she was like, there's a lot going on in this script. This country is sick. This is a smart screenplay written right. by canny people. Right. There are layers to this, but also this screenplay concerns all of your main thematic interests. This uh-huh. is very much a Jesus story. Mm-hmm. And this is very much a Frankenstein's monster tale. It's a real Frankenstein movie. That's what I really think of it as, yeah. Right, but the Jesus stuff was already in there. No, I I get you. And Verhoeven reads it, and he goes, this isn't just a Jesus story. In his own words, Verhoeven says, this is the American Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is the American equivalent of Jesus. Right, right. The figure we've needed within the American mythology who died for our sins. Great. And at the end rises and walks on water. Uh, Sure. Good call. A very, very deliberate choice. Uh-huh. Okay? So uh, he goes, they give him the $10 million budget. Uh-huh. He starts obsessively watching American action films. And by his own admission, he was terrified going into this movie because he felt he did not understand American culture. Mm. There's an anecdote he tells that's hilarious where when he was like doing meetings with the executives and going over script things, he said, uh, you know, page 36, there's this moment where a character says, are you okay, brother? Where in the script is it previously established that they are siblings? Uh-huh. You like, didn't get the slang. He didn't get any of it, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's a key to this movie is that, like, when we were talking our Detroit episode, right? About, like, I, I know that was different because it was within a political sphere. But What's your point? What's your point? Who is the right to tell what stories, right? Sure, sure, sure. And Gerard was saying, like, I don't think you need to have lived through something to make that movie, but you have to know what you don't know, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, someone like Sean Baker doesn't know the people he's making the films about, but he learns, he meets them, he listens to them. This is quite a tangent about RoboCop. Uh Uh-huh. 
Verhoeven was doing that with America. Yeah, okay, okay. Right, which means he didn't take anything for granted going into this movie, and every element in it is so deliberate and sort of field-tested through his sense of trying to understand what this culture is. Okay. They hired Peter Weller. Who do they want first? Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then? That's who the studio wants. Studio wants Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who does Ver Paul want? Rucker Hauer? Rucker Hauer. Yeah. But you know what the problem with them is? Not getting along these days. No, I mean, that's actually not what I read, but maybe. But it's just they were too big. Well, I know that with Arnold. I, I, Rucker Hauer's huge. Really? Yeah, like I think it was just like they're too large, like they're too bulky. You got a Mondo Dong? <laughs> maybe. I would, does Arnie? No, 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 no. Actually, pointedly, no. Like he says. Have you ever seen those nude modeling pictures? Maybe. From like the pumping I, iron? It doesn't. I mean, possibly. It doesn't yeah. stick in the memory. It's got like a D schlong, but like nothing to write home about. <laughs> um, but they were just like, they but could But like not- very much not the Schwarzenegger of penises, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. I, yes, it does. His uh, penis is shorter than his name. You could write his name on a grain of rice. I mean, yeah, with the proper situation. Okay, but comparatively, <laughs> uh, all right. the grain of rice he draws penis on would be smaller. <laughs> <laughs> great. How are we doing, Ben? Deleting the episode yet? No, no, it's great. How are we doing, producer? <laughs> yeah, no, good. How, How are you doing? Ben I'm going to restart my computer. It's going to make the noise. How are we doing, Poet Laureate? Okay, wait. So I have to get it done. Fuck. Oh, I thought. <laughs> you didn't have any. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. How are you doing, Fuckmaster? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Tiebreaker? How are you doing, Birthday Benny? Oh, man. Sucking yeah. with Benny? I'm, well, I'm dry. Keeper? Yes. I'm looking at you guys. Meat lover? Fart detective? Yes. Voice of Reason was recently recommended. I us. like that, yeah. The Voice of Reason. I guess so. Sonia I mean, said that in Hurt Locker when she was disappointed at Ben. She said, Ben, you're supposed to have my side here. You're the Voice of Reason. <laughs> true. I think uh, it's a little bit my job. But oh, maybe okay, we're... get over yourself. Got him. Um, <laughs> Got him. You've, of course, graduated to certain tells over the course of different miniseries. <sighs> Kylo Ben, producer Ben Kenobi. Ben I Shyamalan. Ben Say, Say Benny thing. Warhaz. Daily Ben's with a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's getting harder. It's getting harder. Brewer Bane and whatever the fuck pod nineteen. Okay, I Ben nineteen. But, oh, oh, Ben the nineteen, fennel the fennel maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel good about that one. There's I been know. some controversy. <laughs> yeah. All right. People were upset that they didn't We've even been have accused the of vote fixing of using Osama Ben, Osama ben Hosley. Yeah, whatever. I just fuck. I don't think. But we, that was the funny thing. That thread. It was like you cowards, Osama Ben Hosley. You idiots. It should be Osama Ben Laden. Like they couldn't decide on what it yeah, was. Well, you know? right. Right. Yeah. Way to prove our point. <laughs> also, uh, I feel like they're treating us like we're the DNC. And like Osama Ben Hosley was like Bernie Sanders and we suppressed the people's choice. <laughs> and they're right. And they're right, but for they're a reason. Right. For a reason. <laughs> exactly. Ben didn't want to. I don't want to be synonymous with this horrible terrorist figure. I mean, it's just not it's not a funny joke. But did you hear about how he liked Bernie? Liked, Bernie liked, or uh, Bin Laden? Which one are you? Oh, come on. Did you hear about how he liked like uh, Final Fantasy Seven or whatever? I don't know. I can't remember. I saw yeah. he liked all the these news. weird like uh like sixty like, bit memes. like sexy <laughs> yeah. roms. That's yeah. weird, right? Did you see that? No. He liked like like ASCII porn. <laughs> no, but like 16-bit, like pixelated like leisure suit Larry style like when people made like I guess he was sexy an older poker guy. for like the Commodore or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. He had a that's what it was. <laughs> All right. You should look up the artwork. Some it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> this is my friends used to make fun of me because I we were when I was in high school, someone mentioned they were reading some history book. And they were like, 
Oh, apparently Hitler was a major lover of cinema and he used to have like a huge library and he would watch one movie a day, like at the absolute minimum. And I was like, huh? And they were like, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I sort of gave him like a contented, like, oh, wow, that's really, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Apparently Hitler was very active on Letterboxd. <laughs> All right. Jesus, we're off the rails. This is a later episode recording it is. for this us. Is, uh, this is a real after dark The sun episode. has set. This yeah. is a blank check after dark. Oh, God. A BCAD, if you will. Yeah, but CAD. Um, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Schwarzenegger. Which the studio wanted. Yeah, and Rucky. Right. Um, uh, they're too big. They designed this suit that they couldn't move around in. Well, they didn't even have the suit that established at this point. But what they knew was the suit was going to add bulk to whoever it was. Sure. Right. So they said, if we put a big guy in the suit, he's going to look like the Stave Huff Marshmallow Man. If we find a really live guy, right, a guy who who looks about a far as far away from an action hero as we can, we can make his proportions just right to build the mass on top of him. Right. So they said the two things they were looking for were a real solid actor. They said they were really worried because they thought no one would want to take the job. It's a tough job. Most of your face is covered. It's yeah. kind of thankless. It's difficult. For a lot of the film, you're suppressing emotions. Yeah. But yeah, Peter Weller you, yeah, yeah. read the script and got it. He saw what the arc was. He saw what he could do with it. And the other thing was, dude has a great fucking mouth. An incredible jaw. Right. Just an insanely good jaw. And He's, they knew that. They said, we need someone who has that right sliver underneath their nose between their chin. Did they make him read for the part? I hope with so. like this part of his I face I fucking covered? hope so. That would be so funny. He hadn't been in that many movies. Had Bucker Banzai already happened? Yeah, that's 84. And that was Orion as well. he's astonishingly good in, and right. I love that movie. But he's a very cerebral kind yes. of leading man in yes. it. Yes. It's not yes. the kind of guy you would place into this sort of film. Um, apart from that, I don't know much about his earlier like uh, movies. Firstborn, A Killing Affair. These are not movies I'm like that familiar I'm gonna with. I'm going to fuck this of, up as well. Origin, but also in the... Um, in the commentary, I think Ed Neumeyer refers to his uh, uh, absurd pathos. <laughs> sure. There's something about him that looks very sad. Mm -hmm. And he's got this sort of like his voice is a little like. Well, his voice is really special. Right. Yeah. But, th but there is an innate sort of he's got a bit of like an American Liam Neeson thing where there's just a sense of longing to him, which Buckaroo Banzai really runs with. Yes. yes. That works really well for this movie. You know, apart from Naked Lunch. I feel like he is underserved and Buckaroo Banzai yeah, by I cinema. Agree. Like, it's not like he's had enough great roles. He has. He was a villain on 24, which he was good on. He was always good. He's the villain in Star Trek Into Darkness, which yeah, well, he's totally wasted in. He's, he's fine in it. I mean. It is bizarre, though. For a guy who gave three great leading performances mm -hmm. in three very revered movies mm. of three different kinds, that it never really happened again. Yeah. That he never went into a kind of cool older character actor phase. Yeah, not really. Maybe he's... He's mostly like an Italian architecture art history professor now. <laughs> Seriously. I know, I know. He also directs TV. He directs a lot of TV. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, you're right. He has yeah. a PhD in Italian Renaissance art history. Thank you. I wasn't, I wasn't denying it. I was just laughing at the... the... He's apparently a great teacher. Yeah, cool. Go to ratemyteacher.com. Look up Robert Kopp. Anyway, they cast Peter Weller, and Peter Weller takes to it, and he goes, I want to fucking make this work. I have, like, a real serious background, you know, uh, as an actor. I come out of theater. I did extensive training. I understand what the limitations of this role are, and I want to make it sing. So he buys himself all sorts of rugby equipment, padding, heavy outfits, goes 
to the park every day and practices walking around in physically encumbered ways, right? Yep. They hire a company to design the suit. They aren't happy with the suit. So they throw suit a suit f- comes late. Right. They throw a flyer out to Rob Bottin, who comes up with this fucking incredible suit under short notice. It is incredible. And the design of the helmet especially is amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. It's it's like the exact perfect level of design. Yeah. It's just detailed enough. It's got just enough going on while still being very clean, very iconic, very elemental. Right? I, I really agree. So they bring this suit and they filmed a couple weeks, I think two weeks without Weller in the suit. Either stuff with other characters sure. or some of the Murphy stuff, right? Right. Although there isn't much of it uh, at the beginning of the film, which is Whatever. one of the things I like about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's two weeks in when they actually put him on the suit in the first day. And they have him come in at like four o'clock in the morning in order to start getting into the suit, which I think they said was going to take 11 hours. Wait, it takes him 11 hours every day? The first day. Okay, all right. The first day, 11 hours, they put him in the thing and he can't move. Mm-hmm. He cannot move. Yeah, no, this I know that he, it was all like, again, what did wasn't his expectation at all. And he was freaking the fuck out. And he said, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this for months. What the fuck is going to happen? Right, right, right. And they flipped out. He wanted to quit. They wanted to shut down the movie. And he reaches out to his college. His movement teacher. His mime coach. Yes. Whose name is Nomi something, I think. Uh, I can probably something find Nomi. her. Um, I think it's a man, but I might be wrong about that. Um, Moni Yakim, the head of the movement department at Juilliard. Thank you. He was a Juilliard dude. Right. They had envisioned Robocop moving like a snake. Very smooth. But instead, they slowed it down into this sort of clunky, Frankenstein-y kind of Because what Moni said is, look, you're not going to have that agility. You're not going to have that fluidity that you planned. What you need to do is make the most of what you have. And the thing you can do that's really powerful is to make every move as deliberate as possible. Sure, yes. Every yes. single movement has to happen one piece at a time. So because of that, they established the whole Robocop look, which is not planned, which is an accident, which is the key to this fucking movie, and ties into what you're saying about it not being as much of an action movie as the other things. Right. Because you have an action movie starring a guy with the same level of agility as, as present-day Liam Neeson. Sure. Who's big and lumbering and rickety. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And doesn't move around space as well. So it becomes kind of like he's an action hero in this sort of Western way where it's about him standing in one spot where he aims his gun. Mm-hmm. It's about the intimidation more than anything else. It's about else. the intimidation. But obviously also, this is not a movie where action uh, is like a direct line to a good consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, RoboCop. He'd rather not act. He'd rather just hand out parking tickets. Well, okay. No, I more mean it's like they deploy RoboCop and he, you know, leaves chaos basically wherever yes. he is deployed. He right. smashes things up and things blow up and right. He's almost unstoppable. Causes extensive property damage. Right. Right. The action sequences don't have that much tension. There because, is no stakes except yeah. when the, the the cops are all fighting him. You know, because yeah, he just sort of stands there. It's sort of he's sort of Superman esque. Yes. But uh, you know, slow until we find his kryptonite, which is D four, baby. Uh huh. Also, or just shooting like a hundred guns at him. Also known as D four. <laughs> okay. So Robocop. corporate America's gun uh, directive four. Yeah. So they make. <laughs> so they make this movie. Yes. Uh, filmed from August to October, nineteen eighty six, in Dallas, Texas. I was a young boy. I was an infant. I was not born yet. Yes. I was waiting. I did not want to live in a pre Robocop world, so I said, "Keep me in the oven for a couple more years." Then I'll come out. Yeah, you, you had an unusual three-year gestation. My mom was pregnant for three. 
And for that, I am sorry. <laughs> Truly sorry. Um, they filmed it in Dallas. It mostly was in Dallas. Boiling hot. Um, yes, they also filmed some, the 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 mill stuff is in Pennsylvania. Pits- yes, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and they said they're little, little, tiny bit in Long Beach, but it was mostly shot in location. They didn't have the money for sets. The precinct, I think, is mostly a high school. Uh, interesting. Which yeah. imagine going to that fucking high school. Ugh. Be the coolest. Um, the steel mill is Pittsburgh, though. All of that stuff. Uh, yeah, and then the the couple of soundstage stuff. Uh, but um, you know, Ed Newmeyer said like the pressure was always, do we have the courage to stick with RoboCop as a title? Because uh, when you say it, oh. people think it sounds dumb. Really? And it, it people write off the movie as, oh, it's some like genre canon exploitation junk, right? But we knew what we were making. Right. And we said, if we can make it through with the film still called RoboCop and stick to our guns, once people have seen it, they'll love it. It is a real B-movie title. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the movie comes out and is a surprise hit. We'll get to that. Surprisingly well-received, has only grown in critical circles since then, nominated for several Academy Awards, which was very unexpected. Yeah, although not for Best Makeup, which drives me fucking nuts. Yeah, that's insane. He was nominated for three Oscars, but not Editing, it wins for sound. visual effects or uh, makeup. And visual effects, you know, whatever. I'm not sure if... The stop motion stuff in this movie is great. It's, it's very cool. But that's back... There were only two nominees. You know, yeah. that's back when I think it was like a juried award. What the fuck was nominated for makeup this year? There were two nominees. Okay. The winner was Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, go fuck yourself. It's Rick Baker. I know, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. Okay. And what's the other nominee? Because according to science, Bigfoot doesn't exist. Yeah, I know. But when you believe your eyes... uh. Trust your heart. I don't know. Okay. I was trying to read and, that. And what lost that year? I like only two nominees means that there's literally just a winner and the loser. Happy New Year. Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> the John G. Avildsen movie where like uh, it has like a lot of old age makeup and shit. Like it's got like Charles Durning and like crazy like waxy old age makeup. Well, I like Charlie Durning. <laughs> so, but isn't that weird? Because like, like Joanna was marveling. Like, you yeah. know, the scenes where he's... His head is off. His mask is off. I think that's the most emotionally charged moment of the entire film because of how good and striking that image is. How did they pull that off? I will tell you when we get to it. Fucking hell. What do I even ask? Okay, so how does this movie start? The way all good movies start. With giant letters that say RoboCop. (laughs) That's how Citizen Kane starts, right? RoboCop. The best way to start a movie. And then you pan over Xanadu. (laughs) Helicopter shot of Detroit skyline and then... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, now I'm going to guess you like the music in this movie. Uh, my boy. Say his name. Basil Polidorus. Yeah. Very nice score. Flesh and Blood. Ooh. Sure. And Verhoeven said he worked really fucking hard in the score. They were working on the score before they started filming because he knew he needed a real fucking was, rousing theme. And he didn't he want to Conan, sound. Conan guy. Yes. He did the Conan music. But he didn't want an action movie score. The thing he kept on saying, Basil Polidorus, is make it sound like Lawrence of Arabia. Sure, right. right I right. want a sweeping emotional epic. I want a sweeping emotional epic. I want a good propulsive heroic theme that I can repurpose for more emotional scenes, for mm-hmm. tenser scenes. But I want a classical sounding score. This episode is going to be four hours long. Which this movie has. <laughs> We're literally just on the opening title. <laughs> Fuck's sake. He's running wild. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> And now Griffin will perform the opening theme. Robocop. Uh-huh. Robocop. Here we are. His name is Robocop. No, it was not inviting whatever this Robert is. Robocop. <laughs> that was his name. 
changed it to Robocop. Oh, God. Robocop. Neumeier said, the trend with these movies at the time was you always started with a big action set piece. You wanted the immediate stakes of the first attack, here's the hero's entrance, whatever it is, right? You always start with a first mission. This movie goes from awesome musical sting, fucking big silver letters RoboCop, to a news broadcast, mm-hmm. which already... I, which I love this shit. Love, love this, this shit. shit. But this shows you this movie is just like not fucking around. Like it's, it has no interest, despite how much Verhoeven was studying American action films in playing by the exact rules of what everyone else is doing. Right. It states its intention right up front. And it's also this brilliant way to fucking A, get exposition out in a world building way to establish the rules without having to do inner titles of like the year is 2049. Blade Doesn't Runners. do that shit. Yeah, you know. Um, but also there's, there is an element of show don't tell in that the news broadcasts are so stylized. <laughs> the way they talk about what they're talking about tells you so much about the state of the I world. I love it. The shit they're saying. I always forget that it's really Lisa Gibbons. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing because if it wasn't her, it would have been someone doing an impression of her. Right. Um, but you just get a couple news stories. You get a state of how dire things are. This weird disconnect with how performative the media is, you know, even more so than today. Right. Them all laughing and smiling and sort of like, 15 are dead. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yep. Right. And then they immediately cut to an ad well, every s- time something crazy. Right. They say something crazy. Right. The Yamaha Sports Heart. Yep. Which is amazing. The Robo Heart. And then we get, so now, like, you're watching the movie, you're a 12-year-old boy, one ticket for RoboCop, please. I want the movie about the RoboCop, right? Uh And then you sit down, and the movie starts giving you a news broadcast, and then it goes, we'll be right back after these commercials. And then you're watching a commercial. Like, it's committing so hard to this fake broadcast thing. And then you come back, and they give you the basic deal. Looming threats of a police strike. Yes, Cops are dying on the force every day. They're becoming disenfranchised. Crime is on the rampant rise. Old Detroit has a cancer. The cancer is crime. Yep. And Omni Consumer Products. OCP. Is uh, yeah, you know very me. involved with Detroit. Has been contracted. and uh, they, bought, you know, they bought the police. Essentially. Right. To right. run the police. Right. Right. It's, it's capitalism run wild. Sure. And their big plan is to essentially just kind of Get rid of Detroit, build this new Delta City. They want to build Delta City over Detroit. They want Detroit to be a write-off, right? Uh, they want to hyper-gentrify. Yes, Ben? And wouldn't you say that during the filming of this, this mm-hmm. era of America, this oh, is the yeah. crack epidemic. Mm-hmm. This is really when, this like, This is the New middle York of City, the Reagan Detroit, era. Like, yes. right. crime is really rampant The presentational, all smiles, war on drugs. Yep. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. But and also, what, you know, uh, the, what's the Reagan line? Fuck. You know, um... Worst thing about government. What the hell? Uh, all right, I'll look it up. I find that interesting. I think this film is in a really interesting dialogue with the time it was made in. But I also think there are so many different points baked into the cake of this film. And the points it gets out about the American psyche are so timeless. They're and, not connected to any one administration because they're tied to, like, the mortal sins of our being. Mm. That this film always finds some purchase the mortal sins of our being. I'm fucking going there, oh, baby. Come on. Robocop's the American Jesus. He died for our sins. He's walking on water. Oh, this is very tied to the 80s. Dead I think. or alive, you're In this me. present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. That's the famous Reagan um, inauguration right, speech. Right. Old Detroit is a cancer. A cancer's crime. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a lot of the early stuff is uh, at OCP. Yeah, you know me. 
Uh, but he's out of control. It's great. Is it? Yes, thank you. We're gonna be here all day. Ben loves it. Day. You and mean night? night. <laughs> start at day, end at night. No, start at night, end at real late night. I don't know. That's after dark, baby. We're starting at like um, you know, uh, fucking Leno, and we're gonna end it daily. I got it. Class call. Yeah. <laughs> all right, go on. It's like we're we're starting at Maddow and we're ending at uh, the liar Brian Williams, the eleventh hour. Look, can we just all agree on one thing? Good. Yeah, sure. Ultratroy is a cancer. The cancer is crazy. <laughs> oh, but, so we're intercutting between the cops, I guess, and OCP, right? Yes. In these early scenes. So we have the old man, the head of the board. That's his only name. That's his only name. He's in, and he's in at least Robocop two, right? So do you know this? Yeah, gotta say more. I've never seen Robocop two or three. Uh, okay, sure. Never. Now I'm a completist with shit, but as you, you know. I, I know of you complaining about how Robocop two like resets Robocop. I have tried watching Robocop two a number of times. I never right. make it past the 15 minutes because the the reset bums me out so much. I've never seen three. Uh, at three certainly. doesn't even have Weller in it. I know. Uh, three, which is the Sam Decker, I believe his Fred name. Decker, Fred Decker, who's yeah, the Monster Sam Squad guy. And two is Irvin Kirshner. I know. It's his last movie, I believe. Um, I think that's right. And f- two, I think, is basically just RoboCop again. You know, it's like very right. similar. And Whereas three is like rated PG-13 and I think is, is and obviously Weller's not in it. It's so a it's lot like cartoonier. Really, yeah. It's more aimed at kids. And it's interesting. I read an interview with Decker when I was poking around about for this podcast. Yeah. Where he was like, you know, people say we didn't have the budget or the studio was controlling me and that's why it's bad. No, it's my fault. Yeah, right. You know, he takes, like he's pretty on board. You know, like I that, made the movie I wanted to make and it was bad. And that killed his career. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, did. But uh, what was the thing I was going to say? Oh, Frank Miller, who was a big fan yeah, of the he original wrote, RoboCop. He wrote both sequels. Well, so he wrote a script for RoboCop 2 yeah. and they pulled it apart and used about half of his script. And then for RoboCop 3, they repurposed the other half. They got two scripts out of him and he was always angry. Which is, what a surprise, Frank Miller, angry at the world. Yeah, well, the other thing, though, is, like, he used to have the, it was, like, the legendary RoboCop sequel script that Frank Miller wrote that was so good. And then he published it as a comic book, and it was fucking terrible. Agreed. And it was like, fuck you, Frank Miller. Oh, yeah, you always sucked. You didn't right. always suck, but yes. you sucked for a long time. Yes, but I read that published book. It is bad. Is bad. Very bad. Is bad. Is It's like, uh, what if RoboCop was? What's good? RoboCop. The movie Robert Cop. Um, the old man, Dan O'Hurley, hey. Uh, who's the sort of kind grandfatherly figure at the at the head of the yeah, table? Yeah, but he, even he's pretty fucked up. Well, that's what I like about. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but they treat him like he's this nice. Hey, sort of the old man. He's a but right. No, but uh, he's a he's a he's a monster. Right. But the real dickhead is Dick Jones, played by Ronnie Cox in a career changing performance because this yes, sets him on the villain path. Man. He was a sweet kind of grandfatherly I man. I think of uh, Bound for Glory. Yeah, he's great in that. Uh, uh, he's in Beverly Hills Cop, obviously. What else is he in? He's in uh, Deliverance, obviously. Yes. He, he's the sort of nerdy one with glasses who right. gets, uh, he eats it on the, the, the fall. He's the first to go. Yeah, he's yeah. the first to go. He doesn't even get to see the rape, or does he? Uh, no, the, he was the, lucky. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then he does Total Recall after this, and, and he becomes a villain guy. Yeah, he becomes a classic 80s villain, I think. Yeah. And uh, he's Jellico in Star Trek The Next Generation, which is a, a great character, who's also villainous-ish. They're trying to figure out how to deal with this cop problem. Ends justify the means kind of guy. Yes. Dick Jones has a big initiative. Ed, but this is all being given to us in so like fast. one minute, because there's the elevator ride. 
Yes. Where they're like, yeah, he's got the plan and we had the backup plan. You know, where they just sort of like make that really clear really fast. Right. Because we also have uh, uh, Morton. Miguel Ferrer. Yes. Uh, who Who's kind of nipping at Dick Jones's heels. A little bit. Right. This is the, the rat race. You know, they're all trying to get up at top, be sitting on the old man's lap. Right. Right. And Dick Jones has this big move. Ed 209. It's a weird chicken robot. That's, yes, it's a little chicken walker. With little gun T-Rex arms. <laughs> it looks fucking rad. Beautiful stop motion from Phil Tippett. I would say it's very cool stop motion, yes. Yeah, and then once it stops moving, it's a real fucking full-size build right. thing, which right. you can tell. It has viscerality even oh, when it's not moving. Oh, for sure. When it's moving around, it looks really cute. By Lovely. our today's standards, but right. I do like it. Yes, but I also like they animate it in a cute way. They I make know. him like a baby who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, well, it's. I love this movie. It is the weird. greatest movie ever made. Yeah, it yeah. is weird that it's like that's their first idea, and RoboCop is their second idea yeah. because the the chicken robot can't even climb the stairs. You know, it's like but Dick Jones is an asshole. I know he doesn't know what he's fucking doing. No, I mean his plan, as he basically Corporate says, negligence run amok. Is like, who cares if it doesn't work or kills people? Right. We already sold the contract. That's who fucking cares. Thank you. Um, but in this public demonstration. Yes. And this is when, so when did you, we were talking off mic, you know, when did you I first I watched this movie, movie when I was very young. I used to watch the RoboCop cartoon show. Yes, there, I, I watched that too. There was an Alvin and the Chipmunks RoboCop parody that I loved. Do you remember? No, I don't remember that. The eighth and final season of the Alvin and the Chipmunks cartoon show in the 80s was rebranded as Chipmunks Go to the Movies, and every episode was a full-length parody of a popular movie from the time. So they did, like, Batmunk, Honey, I Monked the Kids. I swear to God, these are what they're fucking called. Yeah, I know, I believe you. And there was a Robomunk one that was a pretty straight retelling of Robocop, but without the violence. Right. Instead of guns, they used (laughs) bubblegum. And it was him in one of the chipettes, and he becomes Robomunk, right? Uh, and I loved that. So I had this like appreciation of Robocop from afar. And I remember sneaking it, watching it on my little rabbit ear TV, Sunday morning, WB 11, a heavily sure. edited version when I was probably 10 years old. Okay. And then when I was in high school, I saw it on like cable in full. I had these distant memories of it. My, my friend Colin was like obsessed with Robocop, was talking about it all the time. And I was like, I got to fucking rewatch that. Watched it and was like, oh, this is the best movie ever made. Mm. And that launched my like RoboCop obsession that's been going on for almost 15 years now. But it's just with this movie, to be clear. You never watch the sequels. I watched the cartoon show when it was on. I never watched the live action show. I didn't watch the sequels. Uh, Did you watch the the remake? remake. I did. What did you think of the remake? I hate it. Okay. I've never seen it. It's that's the one I'm usually pretty like, look, you remake stuff. It doesn't ruin the original. Mm-hmm. That's the one where I get really fucking angry about it. It doesn't ruin anything, but no. I get like physically enraged. There are a couple good things in it. How do you feel about like if you got like your criterions all set up and then there's a steel book? Do not. Even <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, but this Can I is, tell you something. I, 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 this, I don't know. This is I need to. I don't know if you can I, tell I me something at this, this point. <laughs> I need to admit this because this has been weighing really heavily on me. Okay. I went on my infamous anti-steelbook tirade. Yeah, you fucking... Yeah, I broke the internet, yeah, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you broke, yeah, that's when you broke the internet. Yeah. International headlines. <laughs> What's a steelbook? Who fucking cares? A steelbook is a limited... <laughs> I'll show you. It's a, like a collectible form of DVD or Blu-ray packaging that's like literally a steel book that the disc is inside. You know, it's got this kind it's of... Like hey, look, there's case. your favorite movie in oh, steelbook form. Nice. Wreck-It Ralph. Love Wreck-It Ralph. 
Ben just saw wreck it Ralph. <laughs> good. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Big. I cried a lot. I cried too at wreck it Ralph. That's a wonderful movie. What Ben texted the other night about King Candy, uh, and he's texted this at about 3 a.m. <laughs> We're is, like our fifth tangent. He's sad, and he sucks. Letter N, he sucks, but don't let him trick you. He'd call you a glitch in a heartbeat. <laughs> I woke up at whatever time I wake up, 7.30 in the morning, basically. Humble brag. And uh, my phone had like 18 text notifications. And it was you guys talking about Wreck-It Ralph at four in the fucking morning. I knew that Griff was going to be up and yeah. I needed to tell yeah. somebody no, about it. It's experience. all good. I was just he, sad I missed it. He knew I was awake and he knew there was a 25% chance I was watching wreck ralph <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, but I was just going to say, or are you just still on some tangent that you have to wrap up? Oh, yes. Steelbook. Steelbook. Jesus Christ. Since okay. that episode where I went on my Steelbook yeah, yeah, yeah. tirade, I bought like seven Steelbooks. Seven? I've been buying a lot of Steelbooks What Steelbooks? I got uh, Fate of the Furious and a nice new Steelbook. Jesus. I will never own that movie. Well, I have them all. Uh-huh. And I need them all lined up on my shelf with similar spines because I had the rest of the Fast and Furious franchise and Steelbook except for five because the five one was hard to find. Or the seven. Seven was limited. Finally found the seven. I got Nice Space Friends Volume 2 on Steelbook. I got Starship Troopers on Steelbook. Interesting. I bought I bought that on uh, 4K Ultra or whatever. Uh, yeah. My friend, I bought it on 4K Steelbook. Well, you always got to have bigger balls than me, don't it, you? It's a Steelbook with Nazi-style propaganda art. Oh, Jesus. It's okay. great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice Space Friends uh, Part 2. I bought Wonder Woman on Steelbook. Well. I think I got one more that I'm forgetting now. Find a lot of steel books. Great. Is my point, my friend. All right. Well, my point way back 10 minutes ago was when I'm first watching this movie, when I'm probably, I would guess, I can't remember exactly, but you know, 14, 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I'm watching it on, you know, your premium. Sure. uh, Or no, actually it was probably in Britain. So it was just a channel, but there's no editing for violence. It was cut down certainly in the States for violence. It was rated X originally cut down. And since then, the original cut's kind of been phased out with the director's cut, which is the X-rated cut. It's only a difference about a minute or two. It's just the extremity it's just of the violence. violence. Yeah, yeah. I, to right. be clear, the X-rated cut was never released. That was just the original rating. And then yes. there were 11 appeals before it got an R. Because yeah. uh, this movie is crazy violent. Yeah. And when the ED-209 lights up the poor guy. Call him Ed. Uh, yep. Um, uh, and like four billion squibs explode and he spurts blood everywhere. This guy was on, uh, I was there too recently and he holds the record for the most squibbed actor. It's insane how bloody his death is. What's the number? He couldn't remember. He said it took two days to film his shooting. Oh my Not two God. days to film the boardroom. Yeah, yeah. right, right, Two days right. to film just the amount of angles, the amount of squibs and the amount of time it would take to reset. Right, of course. That's the real problem. Right. You, you have to clean so much shit up and he has to change. But this is like a, a, a psycho shower scene number of cuts within this. Like, they no, cut it's true. so they, many they times really, for the script. That's the thing. Yes. That moment is when the movie is first like, this is how viscerally violent this movie is right. going to be. Like, in, in a shocking way. And this is where Hoven's whole thing is. Like, the violence is cartoonish, but I'm going to push it so far that it affects you on a yes. visceral level and upsets you. And you can't just write it off as like, exactly. oh, it's a comic Which is book. something he does again in uh, Starship Troopers, yes. especially. And, uh, which I love. Love it. But when I'm 15, I think I'm like pretty freaked out. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on Or when I'm watching here? this with Joanna the other night, she's like, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, right. it's it always sort of takes you aback the first time. Right. And, um, and when you're young and you're watching it, you're like, this movie's so corny and over the top. Because the responses afterwards are so bizarre. Yeah. 
if you have a critical mind, right. you understand immediately right. what like, he's angling someone at. Someone call a goddamn paramedic is a hilarious line. Amazing. And then... Dick, r- I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. So that is the ED tour and I'm fucking up. So Miguel Ferrer, who is Oscar worthy in this movie. So fucking good. Uh, absolutely the perfect 80s boardroom guy. You one bad motherfucker. I, I love Miguel Ferrer all the time. I do too. Who R. doesn't R. love Miguel Ferrer? R.I.P. Truly Ruled. tragic loss. Yeah. But uh, in this movie, he's just incredible. He's spot on. It's one of those things where you almost think he's in the entire movie. Like I, every time I always yeah. forget, he kind of dies like halfway through the movie. Well, well, and, and here's this other interesting thing. There's this whole chunk of the movie where RoboCop stops being a protagonist. Yeah, he's not really he's unknowable, in the movie. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. sort of becomes Bob Morton's right. movie for and like then, 25 minutes. And then it shifts back to RoboCop. But yes. Right. Which I think is a really ballsy move this movie makes which is like it it decenters you in terms of what narrative you're following when also not just that that you're rooting for him yes because you don't like ronnie cox he sucks you do kind of like miguel ferrer and he brought us robocop he's our friend he, he brought a good guy and yet of if, course if ronnie cox succeeded time, we'd be watching an ed 209 movie we through the dialogue kind of figure out that like not only uh, do they have this crazy Frankenstein plot? But that they like transfer Peter Weller, uh, you know what's his name, Murphy, yeah. to uh, this new um, precinct because they like he's a prime candidate for Robocop. They want him to die. He's such a good, decent guy. Yeah, exactly. But he, he has like the right mental and physical. Is such a hero cop that they know he will sacrifice himself for the name of justice. They're putting him in the line of fire. Okay, so. Oh, now we come to our friends, Clarence, Boddicker, and the gang. I guess we should mention Murphy shows up, transferred in. Yeah. Robert DeKey, a fucking phenomenal character actor, Love died him. a couple years ago. Plays the sergeant, death sergeant. Also in Nashville. Rules in Nashville. Rules in this. Yes. Uh, Sergeant Reed, who I fucking love because this is a character that like could just be the gruff. Yeah, sure, sure, like, sure. A badge on my table, but they give him a little more. It do, I also love that scene where they're clearing out that guy's <sighs> locker. And, you know, they sort of sadly slide his name off of it. And he's like, I don't want anyone to talk about stri- strike. And- well, because he walks in. I could analyze every single millisecond of this movie. All right. But first of all, we're in a, a gender neutral locker room. Yeah. This is this weird kind of like passively. Which he'll do again in Starship Troopers. Right. Which he said he felt like it didn't register in Starship Troopers, in RoboCop. So yeah, he it, wanted- it registers in Starship Troopers. But that's what's amazing is he <laughs> was like, I had this whole idea that it's post-sexual and there's sure. no discrepancy between the genders and they can be in the room together naked. But I felt like audiences didn't get it. So I did it again in Starship Troopers. <laughs> and I and made Starship- sure they got it. I, sh- I really made sure they got it. Love Starship Troopers. Spelting. In Starship Troopers, it's so overcooked. Yes. In this, it's beautiful just how offhanded it is. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and then the, the Nancy Allen character in general, you know, we first see her beating up a, a perp. Yes. Uh, pretty brutally. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's pretty casual about how, yeah, the, everyone's together. She holds her own. And, and it's uh, a thing I love about this movie. This is one of the only. Wait, do you like this movie? Uh, Ro- Robocop? Yeah, Robert, yeah Robert, Cop. Uh, Robert Cop. Yes, I do. Okay. okay. Uh, a thing yeah, I love plus. about this movie, this is like. Uh, one of the only films, certainly like genre films like this, I've ever seen where it never becomes romantic between the lead male and the lead female. Sure. Yeah. I'm not really looking for romance there. That's for sure. No, but so no, often yes, then right. in the last act it happens and you're like, well, just especially in like your 80s uh, genre movies for sure. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 And yes. then something like Beverly Hills Cop where that they don't end up together and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. It only happened because the studio was racist. 
Truly. Yeah, no, I know. They cast a white actress because they thought it was going to be Stallone. I know, I know. I know. But this movie, they like by design, they said, A, Robocop, it's it's Paradise Lost. Like once he becomes Robocop, he's... He doesn't really have much of like a body. And he's not going to move on, no. you know? Yeah. And, and you don't want to see him become sexual. And so it becomes a film about mutual respect between these two good cops. Sure. Uh, which I love. All right. Good movie. So yeah, we've been introduced to Murphy transferring into this uh, hell precinct. Right. And he's got just and being a real partnered with cool, Lewis. calm demeanor. No confidence. No, not, no confidence. No arrogance. No arrogance. Just quiet Very confidence. calm. He does like to drive. Yes. That's his one kind of swinging dick move. And his other swinging dick move is the TJ Lazer. Well, that, I was about to get to that. But then she she sort of Bigfoots him on that the second time around, which I like. But yes, and then he's doing this thing where he's twirling the gun like a Western My kid guy. watches the show. He I'm, watches TJ Lazer. TJ right. Lazer. Lewis um, is chewing gum, which I think is where Robo Monk got the inspiration. Sure. <laughs> blowing some bubbles. Great. And they go to investigate this, this Boddicker. Uh, yeah. High speed pursuit. Yeah, not even investigate. It's just there's a high speed pursuit and they're put on it. Right. Yeah. And Boddicker is played by the great Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. In both cases, he's casting these villains who are totally against type. Yes. I love that Boddicker looks like a weird little treasury agent. Like he looks like a nerd. Yes. So, uh, what is Kurtwood Smith's life at before this, this time? Yeah. Cause obviously we all think of him as red. Right. That's the big thing. Which, talk about Eric's dad? Yes. <laughs> But the fact that he became Eric's dad only helps this movie. Like, it helps his performance that oh, you're yeah. like, why is Eric's dad this evil? He's barely been in anything. This is his first big role. Uh, they say on the commentary that he improvised a large percentage so of his dialogue. He was a like, stage all the actor. iconic lines are him. They said they would just let him go. And, like, the Tigers playing tonight, guns, 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 can you fly, Bobby? All that shit's improvised. Right, right, right. Newmeyer said he wrote a lot of kind of, like, stock overwritten bad guy intimidation. Yeah, right, right. He knew he wanted Boddicker to be against type. Right. He liked the idea of him being a sort of pencil pusher, white collar looking dude who had this menace in him, which I think is this really interesting take on this sort of banality of evil. You know, not just, oh, it's all these boardroom guys are the real villains. Banality of evil is strong, but yes, sure. The universality, I guess, or whatever. It could be anyone. That he just looks like some fucking dude. And that he isn't. Banality of evil to me, which is like Hannah Arendt's term, that means more like your Eichmann types who like don't think of themselves as evil, but do evil things. Okay. Like, you know, it's like the pencil pusher behind. I would say the, the aesthetic banality of evil. (laughs) Okay, fine. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause he is to be clear, a total crazy person. And he loves being bad. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, he's bad to the bone. He's real crazy. And, uh, Verhoeven said he picked those glasses because he wanted him to look like Himmler. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Newmeyer on this contract track record 15 years later is like, Wait, really? I just thought you thought they looked nerdy. And he was like, no, I want you to look like a Nazi. <laughs> oh, God. So I guess he is going for the banality of evil. Right. I don't, Thank you. Don't shriek. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I he's. I think the de, quote-unquote design of Bedeker yes. is is perfect. Well, and that Kurt Smith doesn't feel any need to play against his appearance. What's mm-hmm. scary about him is that you're like, why is this guy so fucking confident? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he no, looks definitely, like a math right. teacher. And I mean, the whole gang, yeah, is is pretty crazy. Paul McCrane, Ray Wise, Paul McCrane, who is not an att- another bald man. They've got two baldies. He's at a terrible state of balding in this film. A, a crazy, and then they state give him balding. this weird gelled part. It's but there's like this sort of like 
furry area. It's right. not even hair, no. but it's sort of a design. He's got a tuft, <laughs> but they're doing a lot with the tuft. And then uh, and, his know, weird Matrix beard. Yeah, he's short. and He's a ginger. Yeah, he's just got... But I love Paul McCrane, to be clear. I do too. I love him. Emil. Uh, so you got him and what is he like five, six and you know, 120. Like he just, yeah. why would he be intimidating? Then he's you griff got, size. He's griff size. You got Ray Wise, who's awesome. Rolls. Love him. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. But even he kind of looks like a club promoter. Like he doesn't really look like a, a violent gangster. Well, it's even like you like think about him in like Twin Peaks and it's like, okay, he's like kind of unnerving in Twin Peaks, but it's also just like, because he's like the dad, like he's the kind of like intense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's so special. Ray Wise in general. I mean, he is the devil. I think that's the clearest way to put it, right? He just right. kind of looks like the devil. But and then, also, of course, they made him the devil, way or whatever he was in fucking Reaper. Right. But but he's the devil in the body of your girlfriend's father. Right. Like, that's what's scary about him is you're just like, this guy's eyes. judging me so much. I just, truly, I love your daughter. I have the best intentions. And then you've got, unhinged. Uh, his, his work on Tim and Eric is some of the yeah, best. Yeah. Very good. Like, cameo appearances on that show. I once, so good. I once went as a plus one to the Saturn Awards. You know, like the genre award yeah, show, yeah, which sure, happens yeah, in like course. a hotel Saturns. ballroom, right. which I, I, I want to throw this down right now. I believe in letting the work speak for itself. I'm going to campaign so fucking hard for a Saturn award this year. Yeah, get a Saturn. I think that's potentially attainable. I don't know, man. Peak TV makes it tough. I, I'm with you. I want you to get a Saturn award. I'm saying best supporting actress last year at the Saturns was someone on The Flash. The Flash is good. So is the Tick. I think I can get a fucking Saturn nomination. I'm going to work too. really hard Blow, on it. Blowing out the mics. What's the award? Is it rings? <laughs> God. It's a trophy that looks like Saturn. Now I want to look up, I look up last year's um, supporting actor, though. Uh, I think it was... Um, well, they got nominees. Ed Harris on Westworld, I think. Well, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, Ed Harris. I looked I mean, up last year's nominees. I don't uh, need to win. I just want to be nominated. Well, but the problem you've got which I think, well, I guess it's their genre. Yeah. So they don't do drama and comedy. They just do right. best supporting actor on television. Yeah. But no, you can break in here. All I right, think here's I can. What we've got. We've got Ed Harris in Westworld, Jeffrey Wright in Westworld. They're both gone. Yes. Because that show's not coming back for another yeah, half a year or whatever. Correct. So two open slots Two already. open slots. Okay. Lyndon Ashby and Teen Wolf, get out of town. I've never heard that of it. That show's also ended. Get the fuck out of town. Out of here. All right. Three open slots. We got Matt Cod Brooks as James Olsen, Jimmy Olsen, and Supergirl. Yep. Fine. He'll probably stick around. He's right. only getting more to do. He's the Guardian now okay. on Supergirl. Cool. He's, he's around. Kit Harrington, Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah, sure. But you figure, if not him, someone else from Game of Thrones will get yeah, it. There will be, be a Game of Thrones nominee. Lee Majors on Ash vs. Evil Dead. Had no idea who was on it. He plays Ash's dad. Proud of him. <laughs> Glad he's doing well. Norman Reedus on The Walking Dead. I mean, I think there could be some Walking Dead fatigue. I'll say this too. He's, uh, I mean, he's a favorite, you know, of Ash, the fans. Ash versus Evil Dead season three got pushed back to 2018, so it won't qualify. Maybe he's not in there either. They have a year without a season. Do they? Interesting. But I would say, safe to say, one Game of Thrones person will make it, one Walking Dead person will make but it. But here's right? who you got to fend off. There's like eight Stranger Things boys. You got to keep them out, you know, because they're 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 nipping at your heels. Yeah, fuck those well, Stranger wait, no, Things. No, but they have last year. They put all the Stranger Things kids in the young actor category. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Okay. Or the well, breakthrough. We'll I think they might be squared away. I think uh, Mahershala Ali gets in no question. Right. He'll get an easy nom for Luke Cage. Yeah, they do have a younger actor. Thank you, Millie Bobby Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. It. Right. Right, so I'm not going to have to duke it out with Finn Wolfhard. He'll be in his own category. Sure, sure, sure. Mahershala, I think, will get in for Luke Cage. I think you'll have one. Maybe. I don't know. That one kind of vanished from memory. That performance. No, though. Luke Cage was this year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. 
Mahershala wasn't nominated. That's crazy. They nominated Lyndon Ashby of I Teen think, Wolf. I think I can fucking get in. I think you can get in too. I think you I'm can not get being in. arrogant, but here's I think my I'm gonna problem. Launch here's my a full problem. Melissa Leo here's campaign. my problem. I'm gonna make people consider. Here's my problem. What's your problem? You're you're elite on the tick. This category fraud. You're pulling a fucking uh, Rooney Mar and Carol right now. It's not category fraud. I'm second pill. <laughs> yeah. This is what I would call a classic Rooney Mar and Carol situation. I'm number two on the call sheet. Uh, so it's not category fraud. Because let me just point my eyes up to lead. That's me looking up to lead. Andrew yep. Lincoln, uh-huh. Walking Dead, who won last year. Okay. Uh, Bruce Campbell, Ash vs. Evil Dead, fine. Mike Coulter and Luke Cage, he's gone. Uh-huh. Charlie Cox and Daredevil, uh, he's gone. Yeah. Grant Gustin in The Flash, Sam Hewen in Outlander. Okay. Very hot, very cute. Yeah. And Freddie Highmore in Bates Motel. And has that ended now? Was that it the f- did end. Maybe it's eligible. Okay. I can't, you know. Well, I won't have to compete with those people because I'm submitting myself for supporting actor. It's not category fraud. Category fraud. The show's called The Tick. This is the only time I'm going <laughs> to claim that I'm not the lead. All right. Back to RoboCop. Back to RoboCop. Yeah, I'm so glad we went on that tangent because we need to pad this episode out a little bit. Um, <laughs> I went to the Saturn Awards with my friend as a plus one, and I sat next to Ray Wise at a table. Okay. And he was so terrifying, and I wanted to win him over so right, much. Right, I was like right, 19, right. and I just kept on making yeah, jokes yeah, yeah, to Ray yeah. Wise because I want him to like did me. Did he tell you to try silence? <laughs> no, what do you do? What do you do? No, we were like getting along pretty well, and okay. then I kept on ordering wine because I was 19, and they weren't oh, carting me. No. And I at one point poured an entire glass of red wine on my body. Poured is the wrong word. Spilled. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and I, That's the word you were looking for. I could not regain his respect after mm. that for the rest of the night. He was yeah. like, oh, this is well, a kid. happens to the best of us, oh, but was kind of like eye rolling. And then, oh, no. And this was Reaper era wise. So he's hella scary if you catch my drift. I do. Hella. Uh, the fourth member scary. of the gang is Joel Co- Joe Cox. Oh, yeah. Played by Jesse Goins. I don't know how you say his name. He's in, the laughing uh, guy? Yeah, the weirdest performance in Robocop. Most certainly. He definitely has a take on this character. <laughs> uh, but uh, he really, he came in and I think he was like, Paul, I've, I've got this character figured out. Yeah. He laughs at everything. Yeah. And Paul was like, oh, okay, uh, sure. You're kind of the least rounded out. Uh, you know, you and Ray Wise don't have a lot to do anyway. So, I, I, you know, and I want a car want. very badly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. I really want that Ford. S-U-X. Yeah, the S-U-X. And uh, yeah, he just laughs a lot. Yeah. It's a weird performance. So we're still on minute eight of RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're chasing Bonnie we should, we should note, this is a short movie. It is. This is a mic drop of a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? They're chasing Bodiger and the gang. Yep. Shoot out from the back of a truck. Sure. Can you fly, Bobby? Sure. Throws Bobby at the windshield. This is already, you're like, okay, this is the game that fucking Boddicker's playing. He'll throw one of his men. He'll use Yeah, he's them. demented. John McClane out of bullets. He'll throw a guy as a projectile, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, they go to an old steel mill. They get abandoned there. mill. Very cool location, right? in my opinion. And they're opinion. both trying to sneak up. Sure. Um, and it's, uh, it is, in fact, Joe Cox who takes out Nancy Allen, right? Yes, because Lewis is, is kind of creeping up on him. She catches him. He's taking a piss. He goes, mind if I zip this up? She goes, okay. No, no, she doesn't even go, okay. She just looks down for a second and that's enough. And he was banking on that. Yeah. That she wanted to take a peek of the peen. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Who won? <sighs> I'm just letting that lie. Take a peek of the peen. I'm going to take a peek. I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there. I'm going to take, take a, a peek. Oh, what? Oh, you're not progressive enough to take a peek of the peen? Sure, I'll take a peek. It's 2018, David. Take a peek of the peen. Wow. It's 2018. It's 2018. You're the peen. <laughs> okay. He knocks her out on two. 
<laughs> like a, knocks her out. Doesn't a matter. A series of pillows. What's important? Yeah, Bags right, of rice. Right, she right. lands in a very soft space. Yeah, it doesn't of, matter. Right. What's but she's out. Yeah, I know. What's important is what happens to poor Murphy. What happens in this? He gets shot with 800 shotgun shells. Where, where do they shoot him? Well, the, the, the crucial thing we see is they shoot his hands off the, and one of his arms. The crucial scene, more like the crucifixual scene. I know. Yes, it's it's real stigmata. Robocop is American Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the shot, which I believe may have been edited in the R-rated cut, but the shot that I watched. Where the arm flies away. Is nuts. You're like, what? They were like, that's the moment where they, they, that was the big thing that the X was, was over. I mean, there's that and there's the, the Ed 209, a couple other little things, but that was the big one that they were like flipping out over. Yeah. It's so drawn out. Yeah. And it's also not just the level of gore, but how sadistic it is that they keep so, on laughing so, at him, taunting it, right. him. It's really like morally and kind of and off-putting. I, I don't want to bring up flesh and blood, but it's, it's like that intense scene. But, but it's used to a much greater purpose, a much greater end here. Yeah, but it is similar. It's 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 very similar. But in yeah. this case, it is not our hero of the film who is doing that. Doing sure, that. you know. Right. Um, but they just they they love fucking killing this cop, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, they do. It's also that he needs to be really blown up to be RoboCop, right? Uh, Shoot him in the back of the head, brains fly out, and then black. Yeah. And and Lewis is watching it happen but can't get to him, right? So she's seeing this. She knows firsthand what's going on here. Cuts black. On the commentary, Verhoeven said he wanted 40 seconds of black and silence. Wow. That would have been awesome. He wanted audiences to go to, like, is the movie yeah, over? Is the he hero just, just died. dead? Yeah. Right. And he says, even now, like, we got it down to like five. I wish I had pushed for like 10. He's like, my one regret watching the film today. Is insane. Yeah. No, I mean, 40 seconds is a crazy amount of time. That's like the the fucking um, uh, the Zodiac director's cut where the only difference is there's that one sequence that's two minutes that's all black where you just hear songs. Right. To note the passage of time. Yeah. Um, he wanted that, no audio. He wanted audiences to question it. It ends up being like five seconds in the film. He, wanted, he says, if I could go back, I'd make it 10. Okay. You but said then, that twice now. Then we come back, POV. Yeah. Robocop screen. Grid. A masterful, masterful sequence. A, a great gooey. Right. As they say. Uh, we're, we're understanding RoboCop's display. Mm-hmm. We're placed directly in his head. Mm-hmm. And you get, I like, it's kind of like your, you know, your whole hot take on Empire Strikes Back, the whole kind of like side uh, business comedy with Admiral Piet and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like that. the little trappings of like narrative we get with the scientists. Just little bits. Little bits. Little bits. But he said most of that was improvised. They let them kind of work on stuff. Right, right, right. They had party supplies, so they were like, let's make it New Year's. It's Right, but it's also just insane that very early thing where they're like, we saved his arm, and Ferrer is so mad at them. Yeah. Where he's like, what? Total get rid of the arm. Procedures. Exactly. Because yeah. it's so much about creating a product. Yeah. But they don't get that. They Initially, they're, right, they're like, like, oh, aren't we trying to like save this person's life, turning him into a robot? Which, do you know what the fucking remake does? What? The remake's like, all we were able to save was his hand. So he's got one human hand. They do the opposite of this just sure. to like fucking flip him off. Right. So for the whole movie, he's got one visible human hand, which looks dumb. Well, the suit in the remake looks dumb. You know, they also show this design for the suit and it's this. And they go like, that looks like something out of a dumb 80s action movie. Boo. Then we can go fuck itself. I'm gonna watch it. Keaton's good in it though. <laughs> and my boy Jackie, my boy Jackie Earl, very good in it. Mm-hmm. How about Oldman? It's it's a weird casting. He plays like the kindly scientist. Right. He plays like the the Doctor Erskine role. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson is the way they do the news broadcast. Right. Yeah, he's like the one who's. But he's Bill O'Reilly, so he's like right. not it's news. Not it's like commentary, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. it's dumb. It's it's funnier that the news broadcasts are the news broadcasts. Exactly, of course. and you they hire two that. real anchors. I know it's amazing, and they write it like news copy. Yeah, except they're just saying the most insane things in the world. Yeah, it's bad sci-fi. The the, the RoboCop remake is bad sci-fi. Yeah, um, you're right. Now you want some good sci-fi. Okay. You don't always have to go to the multiplex. I want like an original sci-fi adventure. Yeah, like, I'm saying you're thinking, oh, movies, TV. That's Those are the only arenas in which I can get my original sci-fi. Okay. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You're here to correct me. Not so fast. No, 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 no. Okay. What if I was to tell you that there was an original science fiction adventure built from the ground up to be an audio experience featuring a large cast of professional voice theater and screen actors. Okay. A full dedicated score that draws inspiration from classic action adventure movies. Very important to good sci-fi. A full slate of sound effects and most importantly, professional mixing. Oh yeah, so it sounds like a real drama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe you've heard of it. Uh, are you talking about the hour and a half long sci-fi audio adventure Cerberus Rex? Well, yes, I am. Oh. My friend? Yeah. Well, we talked about this show. This show's cool. Look, a large number of audio drama shows say they're the cinematic experience in audio form, but come on. We're amongst friends here. Let's be honest. They're, they're really not. But, like, essentially, this is the good version. This is a large production. It's large-scale adventure experience. It actually captures that effect. And if you want to listen to it in a higher quality, you can actually pay $1.99. Uh, but you can also listen to it for free, right? Uh-huh. On sci-fi.com. sci Dash, dash fi dot com. You gotta and remember the dash because you gotta dash over to this website. SCI dash fi dot com. Sci fi dot com. Sci fi dash with that dash. Fi. You gotta dash. Um yeah, no, this is this is a cool show. We talked about it on a previous episode, but it's a more exciting sponsor for us because it's actually something original. This isn't a company, this isn't a product, right. this is art, my friend. Right. Um it's like as you said. Large-scale audio adventure about this scientist who is recruited to investigate this mystery of physics. You, you uh, get to experience the day-to-day of these people in this station well, trying to solve a mystery. One day. But the yeah. patina, day-to-day is a larger term. The hour-to-hour, do you know what I'm saying? Patina, Rosetta Stone? All of it. You want to hit them all? Yes. All your faves? Morass. <laughs> oh, you like Ur-text. that text. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a cool show. And uh, it's 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 special. I'm glad they're advertising on 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 blank check. Yeah, the creator too um, is incorporating a lot of sort of touchstones of different directors that we've discussed mm-hmm. sure. that even fall into the wheelhouse of science fiction. James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, maybe you heard of them. John Carpenter, who I'd love to do. John McTiernan, who we've long talked about wanting to do. John McTiernan is someone we should do. Yeah, when we do our Year of the Felon. <laughs> Yeah. Good point. Yeah. But still, he's cool. Cool guy. <laughs> cool guy. Good friend. Good director. Um, and writers that, you know, we've probably talked about, like William Goldman, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, I was just saying, give it, a, give her a listen. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you've got to go to sci-fi.com. That's sci-fi.com to listen to Cerberus Rex. And you can listen for free. But uh, if you want a high quality version, you can pay uh, two bucks for it. $1.99. Yeah. So you're saying if you want a higher quality version, you can buy that for $2. That's <laughs> perfect. Okay. Right. RoboCop, they make him. 
So you're watching them make him slowly over this period of time. Morton's getting excited. This woman who looks like Parker Posey kind of has a crush on Huge him. glasses. Every time I watch it, I'm like, did Parker Posey go back in time? Mm. Mm-hmm. And then we see that like he set up celebration. They take the plastic wrap off of him. I love that perspective shot where it's like the plastic wrap and you see the table being lifted up and you're watching an audience applaud him. And he's not responding at all. So you just know you're like, is this guy fucking catatonic now? Right. And then we go to the precinct. I am a repeat offender. I repeat, I will offend again. Great joke. Ten comedy points. He's just going to do the whole movie. Clunk, 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 (laughs) clunk. What's that? Through the glass, foggy, distorted, uh-huh. we see the silhouette of RoboCop. Yeah. Botine went to Verhoeven and said, please tease out the look. Because I think if you just cut and show the suit, it's going to look goofy. Sure. People sure, are sure. going to be jarred by it. You need to tease it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's so good you, advice. You get that. He comes through the door. You see all the reactions. You see little bits and pieces as everyone's following him down the hallway trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And then the first time you really see him. Oh, you see, in the sequence around his POV, you see him distorted on the screen a little bit. Okay. Which is a nice touch. Sure. But then the time you fully see him after all this buildup is this very banal shot where they lock the cage. They lock the gates. They marin him. And it's now good he's, that you have total visual memory of this movie. Yes. And now he's sitting in his little Ben's baby high water. chair. Yeah, they do lock the gates. He's in his baby high chair. Miguel Ferrer is there. They ask him who his guys are. And then they calibrate. They do the thing with the pen. We yeah. set up the visual device of him being able to record memories, picture in picture. All this is important later. And I just think it's all very artfully set up, right? Yeah, I think it's good. It's good. Yeah, right. They, they introduce all the information. He's got his baby food. He's got his little high chair. Everyone's looking No, no, at but what's the word for it? It's a paste. I forget. A yeah. rudimentary paste. It's yes. such a classic 80s sci-fi word. Right, and then he takes the finger doll. It's like baby food. It's that guy who's the thumbs up guy at the that, end of the movie. That guy rocks Felton Perry. <laughs> that that guy plays Donald Johnson. He's so good. He's awesome. <laughs> He's really funny. But I like, like, Rokal comes in as intimidating and immediately is, like, infantilized. Where it's like, is this even, like, does it have a consciousness? Yeah, like, no, he's it's just true. A thing I, I like in. that, too. That yeah. he, it's not like the movie begins with, like, there's a criminal wilding out. I mean, the right. introduction begins. And then... Robocop like smashes and he's like dead or alive you are coming with me you know right. and you're like oh my god instead it's like this weird science experiment yeah but then we cut to the firing range yeah and now he's looking cool he's got this badass gun he's got this insane gun I hate guns mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. so fucking much how'd you feel about the gun scene in Ragnarok didn't like it yeah carry on didn't like it I don't like guns mm-hmm. and I don't get gun fetishization that much sure that having been said, while rewatching this movie for the second time in 24 hours, I was like, how much does it cost to get a replica of Do not of buy a bo- re- fucking replica of a gun. Jesus. I was like thinking it's about it. It's this crazy, like, it's a Beretta and they like extended it to make it fit his hand. They had to modify it. It's yeah. a gigantic gun. They were first, they were going to give him a Desert Eagle, which is like the biggest pistol that yeah. there is. But they were like, that's too small. Yeah. Like they needed this sort of obscene gun. Yes. And he's just there totally still nailing it, nailing it, nailing it. And all the cops love this guy. They're like, they're all rushing to see him. And this is a sequence with no music, just the sounds of the shots. Everyone else is taking deliberate shots. And he's got this kind of rattling. They all start looking over, crowding around him. Lewis is kind of the last to get smart to it. Because she's not, you know, easily impressed. She's not impressed by the flash, but she's starting to wonder what's going on here. And when he finishes, what does he do? TJ Laser. Yeah, so and then, then she notices that. Wait, but David, where does he put his gun? Uh, it's in his leg. 
Oh, shit. Motherfucker puts his gun in his leg. Robocop just changed the game. You're weird. Oh, here I am. I'm a cop. Here's my leg. Let me put a holster on top of it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ben's wagging. We're finger. both wagging our fingers. Robocop puts it in the leg. <laughs> what did I do? He's got a leg holster. He puts it in the leg. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You're being a little stinker, David. <laughs> you guys have lost your mind. So the gun is in the oh leg. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And Lewis is like, uh, Murphy used to do that. So she stops. It's a weird <laughs> reading of her internal monologue. <laughs> Arr, Murphy. Arr, Guys, we have a good time making this show. Yeah, we have a great time. It's a great time. Uh, I can't believe people listen to this. <laughs> this is garbage. I love doing it. It's, yeah, I love doing it too. It's my happiest thing. That I just I do. don't understand how people keep, we just keep growing. I know people are like, I just discovered the show, really like it. And I'm like, really? This? This thing? We were looking at numbers like right before this and it was like at an exponential rate. <laughs> like I thought at some point we'd hit a ceiling where it's like, this is the full amount of people alive in the world who would ever want to listen to this nonsense. But it keeps on expanding. The Blank Check Reddit just hit 701 queer means. Hey. Anyway. Um... Yeah, uh, Murphy's in there, uh, and uh, we're also introduced to his three uh, directives, which are... Directive 1, Directive 2, Directive... Serve the public trust. Obey the law. Protect the innocent. Protect the innocent. Obey the law. Uphold the law. Okay, I'm sorry. Directive 4, classified. You don't know what Directive 4 is. Um, uh, I'm kind of embarrassed I didn't remember that. I know, I was a little shocked, but I also thought you might not, because they're so bland and generic, and they also never come up. Right, I knew what the sentiments were. Uh, yes, yeah, so, and then he uh, starts to rampage, right? Well, well, no, but Lewis stops him in the hallway. That's Does that happen later? initially, because okay. he has a couple of scenes of just being Robocop. Like, there's the scene in the convenience store. Well, first we have the moment where he walks past the sergeant's uh, desk and, yeah. and goes, I'll take this, and takes the car keys. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And walks out. That one shot with one line uh-huh. was the first thing they shot with him in the suit and they said it took eight hours. Jesus Christ. Because the suit was such a nightmare yeah. and then once they finally got him to figure out how to walk, mm-hmm. they realized the hand he couldn't, couldn't move grip his hand. the glove. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they were like, that was the day where we thought the movie was never going to get finished. Right, right, right. But then you get this awesome series of like, here's just one night on the town being broken. Yeah, but I think it's, why I think it's good is that it's just immediately clear, like, this is madness. Yes. I mean, like, that's why I love RoboCop. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not good. He's, he's bad. We should not have a RoboCop. And the city is also fucked. I mean, it's like one fucked element meeting another fucked element. Sure. Like, we go to the convenience store. The guy comes in. He's itchy. Hey, right. He's over the safe. Oh, and he knocks over the beer can. And he takes out this really overzealous gun. Yeah, huge gun. Like, you don't need this gun to rob a convenience yeah, well, store, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, but, but a pointed joke I think the movie's making. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. He loves I'd Buy That for a dollar. Everyone loves I'd Buy That for a dollar. Who doesn't the most love I'd Buy That TV for a dollar? Yep. J.W. Bixby, I think, is the character's name. Yeah, who? Bixby Snyder. Bixby Snyder, sorry. Uh, yeah, who is that guy? He looks crazy. I don't know, but I'd buy him for a dollar. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, it is 4 a.m. where we are currently <laughs> Yeah, the auto lights in the office just went off. Yeah. It's also pitch black outside. It is. Yeah, it's a grim day today. It's like pouring yeah, and it's been bad. cold. It's yeah. been bad. Um, so uh, it feels it feel a little like old Detroit outside. I mean, that's my draft. Um, <laughs> he goes in and RoboCop uh, starts walking. What the, what the fuck are you? Right? 
And then clearly RoboCop is not stopping. He's an immovable force, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got his gun. And the guy just starts going, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah, in it's the pretty scri- good. In the script, it was written as one oh fuck. And Verhoeven was like, just keep saying it. <laughs> just smelt it away. Yeah, keep yeah. smelting oh, fuck, it. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, uh, fuck. I also always love that the safe is hidden underneath the pyramid of beer cans. Uh, me too. I think that's a good move I always move think by that's them. a really cool detail. Um, but he just eviscerates the guy. Uh, yeah. Graphically in a way that is unnecessary. It's great though. Uh, he could have just Robo shot him cup. one time. He's right. got perfect aim. Right. Instead, he like makes him into Swiss cheese and then says like, have a pleasant evening. Yes. And uh, has traumatized these people. He has. He has. He could have stopped the crime very calmly. But Robocop is is cranked up to 11. Mm-hmm. Right? What's his next stop? His next stop is... The streets. Two bad guys. No good. Very bad. Don't do it. <laughs> they are harassing a woman. Yes. Chasing after her with a knife. Commenting on her blonde hair. Questioning whether she's got more hair down there. It's a rough scene. Two points for the rhyme. Yeah, I'm going to say no points. A blanket no points for these guys. I'm deducting them points for other behaviors. Oh boy. I'm giving them two rhyme points. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, it was not supposed to go that far. Oh, okay. The scene. Paul Verhoeven, who likes sexual cemented. assault in movies, had the idea of the scene going on that far, but also then it creates the cool setup of, okay, now he's holding the woman in front of him with the knife to her throat. How is RoboCop going to shoot? Wow, it just went dark. Yep. Like, it's radio silence. David? He shoots through her skirt. You got to pick at that oh, pecker. He's, uh, Ben's pointing at You got to pick at that pecker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a dress, I believe, actually. She's wearing a dress. Yeah, but he's not shooting the dress. He's shooting the pecker. Yes, he shoots the guy in the Johnson. <sighs> he aims right between her legs. Hits that pecker. <laughs> Useless garbage. Uh, Fatal Farm who are like really good filmmakers who do a lot of stuff with uh, Tim and Eric and like uh, for ad companies that kind of when you see things that aren't made by Tim and Eric Tim and Eric yeah 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 Uh, they do a lot of that stuff they did do you know about this Our Robocop remake thing no they did this with Footloose as well maybe one other recent 80s remake because I want people to watch this it's really good okay okay fair enough Um, it was around that time when they were remaking starting to remake all these classic 80 movies Uh, a lot of like UCB comedy people in LA and filmmakers, sketch teams, what have you, did this project where they would each take one scene from the original film and remake just that scene on its own. Okay. And piece yeah, no, together their own scene-for-scene yeah, scene yeah, remake. Yeah, yeah. And the Fatal Farm version of that scene, that's the scene they did, and they're really high production value. Mm-hmm. The thing that's great about them is they make everything look uh-huh. real, is they, they shoot the guy in the pecker, and it flies out of his pants like the disembodied dick. And then another guy comes up with a knife, and they shoot him, and his dick flies off, and it becomes like 80 different men running in and just a bunch of disembodied dicks lying on the ground. It's great. You should watch it. It's really funny. You've seen it, right? Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Row cops kicking butt, taking names. Picking peens. But then, as you mentioned, he runs into, uh, what's his name? Fucking Emil. Emil. At a gas station, he's fucking with a kid who's supposed to be young Verhoeven. Oh, interesting. He's who's reading his, book, reading his book? He's reading his book. math book, and he's like a right. He's like a creepy Nazi fucking with him or whatever. You know, right. I mean, the Nazis were gone by the right. time. But he's he fucking was in with college, the kid, but... reading his basic planes book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Emil's just doing it for sport. Good, good Paul dick. McCrane shit here. By Real the way. good. Love Paul McCrane, Paul McCrane and he's going nuts, and it's great. And uh, RoboCop. RoboCop shows up. Yes. 
and uh, you know, uh, what the fuck are you? I'm supposed to be scared of you. Starts fucking with Emil. And he says, "Dead or alive, you are coming with me." And Emil knows. He clocks oh. that line. And this is the first time we're getting a sense of. We saw the physical, the TJ yeah, yeah, laser, yeah, 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 yeah. but there's some part of him. Even though they wipe the memory, there's right. something there that's muscle memory almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he goes, "What? We we we, we killed you." Yeah, he starts yelling that over and over again. He and you see RoboCop like replaying the video right. in his brain. So he, that Emil gets away because RoboCop is sort of stopped in his tracks. By also, this. he flicks a cig, sets everything on fire. Yeah, sure. We get an awesome shot of RoboCop walking out of the flames. Yeah, there's a shot I love where uh, it's the one where he's fully engulfed in the fire, mm-hmm. and so they had to put the stuntman in like. Full shit. Yeah. So he's wearing a plastic lower face. Okay. There's one scene where Robocop's head looks insane. Okay. Because it's You've not seen just this movie like too many times. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> so <laughs> oh boy. But he's wearing like a sculpted lower face mask. Cool. Uh and they comes out of the fire chase after doesn't get a meal. Or he does. He does. Um, At this point, no, he doesn't. No, Emil gets away. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then he uh goes into the precinct. Has a dream. Oh, yeah. Well, first he does that. That's right. His fucking information spike. Yeah, he's got, is that what it's called? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. It is pretty cool. His information spike. He doesn't spike. have like a USB dongle. He has an information spike. Yeah, he's got Dead a- Dead or alive, you are coming with me, data. He's got a data dick. Yeah. <laughs> and it's his middle finger. So anytime he wants to access it, he has to flip people off. Because RoboCop ain't got time for your bullshit. Your move. Creep. Data. Podcast. <laughs> um... Who in. are your guys? <laughs> I remember <laughs> one time Damon Wayne said, I'm just going to do a jazz set. But that's what he's asking the database. Yes. Who are your guys? Yes, he says, who are your guys? <laughs> and, and he finds the guy, right. Emil, and his known associates. Right. He goes, Emil, Boddicker, Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuckstables? <laughs> Why does anyone listen? By the way, this is two Verhoeven movies in a row where he locks gates. I sure. want it to be a thematic. I guess so. We'll watch for more gate recurring, locking. Yes. Um, but so he's watching the guys. And this is like a big I like information this dump scene, but it's yeah, really yeah. artfully done. Every like the, scene like in this the movie, interface, he gives yeah. enough juice. So yeah, good '80s tech, right? Oh, so good, yeah, great good 80s interfaces, tech. David. Man, I mean, I hot interfaces. I like right. it, I'm everything obsessed. looks like an NBA Jam screen. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this kind of design. He's on fire. Yeah, like uh, I want to get Air Dog involved. <laughs> yes, the do you remember scene. the code? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, and then cool. you could Secret be character. you, you yeah. could be Clinton too. It's true. Yeah, the Lewis scene has already happened. <laughs> Monster Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the bucket. It happened earlier when I said it did. Because he at this point has no, already... it happens ha- after he has the dream. He maybe ha- it happens right before he comes into the office. Yes, that's the right. That's not, that's I was right. He goes okay, home. He right. has the dream. He goes home. He goes right. to his cage. Right. He, he has the dream. And in. like the guy. Oh, the nightmare. Yeah, the, the guy the tasked right. with watching right. this is turned around and looking at his. Come on, man. At yes. least face the screen and he does some great convulsing and some amazing grimace facing he has this dream of his murder and then he sort of walks and she confronts him with like you're murphy you're murphy yeah you know what's your name and he's like i'm sorry ma'am dead or alive i'm gonna drive you crazy right now okay can i do a merchandise spotlight oh sure okay go ahead (laughs) what of what we all know got a collection of toys i'm a toy you have you have a collection of toys that's what i said no no you uh, yeah you dropped the I or whatever. 
I swallowed it. I said you swallowed it. swallowed it. I'm a mumbler, baby. It's a jazz set. Just let me speak, okay? <laughs> I tend to stay away from the high-end stuff. Uh, the really fancy, like, $200 That's the heroin whatever, right? of the trade, right? Yeah. I, I like fucking the... The white collar, no, blue yeah, collar, no, it's like salt once to you the start earth buying toys. those $200 toys, it's like, yeah, you're, you're going to need them all the time. Especially right? yeah. if now suddenly you have disposable income after nine years of mostly subsiding off a dollar pizza. Yeah. Uh, dangerous if you are a working actor on a TV show and they're giving you money and stuff like that exists out there. Sure, sure, sure. There was one high-end toy I own, uh-huh. and it is that crazy company, Hot Toys, which is the Japanese company that makes like – anytime you've seen something where you're like, that's fucking insane, and then you look at the price and you're like, that's fucking insane, they're that company – I got a RoboCop that cost me $250. It was 50% off. It was a $500 <laughs> product. I know. I knew that would get that response oh, out of you. Oh, boy. 500 What is it? How do, can I find it? What yes. do I Google? They recently, the same company released a Hulkbuster from Avengers Age of Ultron. That's fine. What do I Google? That cost $900. Okay. Well, why would you ever want that? What do I Google? That's my point just to give you a sense of pay scale. Uh, Hot Toys RoboCop chair because what i got was the deluxe version that comes with this little high chair with all the monitors mm-hmm. it's made out of real metal how big is it 12 inches so it's not that big it's a good 12 inches. bigger than an action figure but not like you know it's gi joe size like sure. large old yeah, school yeah, as opposed to real american hero i mean it looks like robocop it looks exactly like robocop it's very shiny it's made out of real metal as i said mm-hmm. you can open up his leg and put the gun inside yeah you heard that right david inside the leg no, 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 no. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a disgusting noise of yours. Yes? He's got three different lower faces, so you can change the expressions. Great. Including the grimace face oh, from when him. he's in the chair. No, he has four faces. Oh, you're right. Yeah. One's three talking. extra faces. Yes. Right. He's got like a busted torso and helmet, so you can like make him look Battle all damage. scarred. You can move each individual finger as well. But I just have him in the pose representing this scene where he's like pushing himself up on the chair having the nightmare. <laughs> Ooh, that's funny that you do that. That's what I think is funny. <laughs> sure. I have him with this the grimace says, face like twisted um, this having a nightmare. with sound effect? Yes, I said he talks. Wow. It comes with a little remote that looks like the RoboCop logo. And if you touch the O, it says dead or alive, you're coming with me. It says other stuff as dead well. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. But I got RoboCop in his little chair. Your move, creep. Thank you very much. That was my merchandise spotlight. Oh, mm. also the NES game was great. I had it growing up. I yeah, loved it. it was really I had fun. at least one. It was hard game. though. Yeah, well, that's back when games were just. But do you know punishing. what's an even better game? Because I got I got a Sega emulator recently, Genesis. Proud of you. Thank you. My uh, managers bought it for me so I could play the Tick video game. Oh, it was sure. a nice thing to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I, that game. I played the Tick cool video game. game in my dressing room. The limited time they weren't working me to the bone, uh, and I was I've been buying some other Genesis games. Uh, RoboCop versus the Terminator for Sega Genesis, is a fucking phenomenal game. I never played it. There is a Dark Horse limited comic book series that was then adapted into the video game medium, and it rules. You play as Robocop. He is the good guy, Robert Cop, and you got to stop them Terminators. So he has his dream, <laughs> and he uses his information spike. And it's perfectly represented <laughs> on my mantle. He's destroying my brain. I'm hungry too. Well, yeah, it's breakfast now. <laughs> um, so Lewis comes up to him in the hallway after yeah, he's passed run away. We can't control him. She goes, "It's you, Murphy. It's you." We haven't said that. She says the name Murphy to him for the first time. 
Murphy, what the fuck does that mean? But Excuse also me. she says, what's your name? And he won't answer. Right. And then Miguel Ferrer is like, you want me to turn off the program? Is he a dream? Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. What are you talking about? Snort some coke off yeah. some boobs. Stay, keep babysitting him. Come on. Um, and so then we have these sort of two vagueish plot lines. One is RoboCop sort of hunting down these men that he gets from the spike. When he gets the death spike, he sees Boddicker. The face kind of strings a, uh, well, strikes know, a chord with him. And then he sees Leon. murder. Click, uh, click. Cop killer. Click, click. Alex Murphy deceased. Flashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murphy, it's you. Murphy, it's you. He's remembering. You're going to do every minute? I've got a water bottle I'm going to throw at you at a certain point. And you, so you've got him hunting down everyone. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the lesser. When does the mayor scene happen? Is that in the first night on the town? The mayor scene? When the mayor is holding the office hostage because he wants a recount. Oh, I love he that. No, he's not the mayor. He's just a councilman. But okay. yes, I love that scene. That's, yes, that's early. That might be in his initial run initial, along with the rapists yeah. and the. Um, I think Emil is a separate run. Yeah, sure. Because I, I think the mayor ends that first run. Councilman. Yes. Councilman, sorry. That's a great scene, though. Because that, right, that's where he uses his, like, thermal scanning. I want something with really shitty gas uh, mileage. That's a really funny line. Do you know how they did the thermal scanning scene? How? This is a fun anecdote. Okay. They made bodysuits that look like thermal scans, and they wear them, and what? then they just use that as a plate. So if you watch the shot, you can see the zipper in the back. Wow. It wasn't done as an effect, wow. but, like, body coloring. They just right. shot that on a green screen and then did the background later. It's yeah. practical. It's fucking cool. Uh, and Robocop punches through the wall, yep. strangles him, throws the guy out of the car, and when he hits, it cuts to the news broadcast, and it goes, Robocop, who is he? What is he? immediately we're like contextualizing him. You see him on the playground with the kids. Neumeier said that was the best day of filming because he's like, you make these movies and it's a bunch of angry, tired people mm-hmm. and everyone's like pissed off. And then once we got to like a playground with kids talking to a robot cop, we were like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Bob right. Morton's doing the victory lap. Everyone's loving Bob. And we've got a couple scenes. This is why I went back to this because I think it's important to reestablish. Bob Morton now, he's in the executive washroom. Oh, there is the executive washroom He thinks washroom he's fucking scene. hot shit. And he's talking about Dick Jones. He's a dinosaur. He's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're new. Yeah, 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 The guy next to him taking a leak, he knows that Dick Jones. Everyone scurries out of there. He lets himself pee on his, on his fucking crotch. Yeah, I know. He zips up so quickly, there's I pee-pee. swear to God, yes, I know, I know. Yes. Which Neumeier said he wrote because it was his greatest fear in life. That he pee on himself when zipping up? That if he was wearing a lightly colored suit. Sure. Sure. He worked in an office where he had a crush on the receptionist and her desk was right by the bathroom. And if he accidentally peed on himself, then she would be the one who would see it because he wore gray suits. So he wrote it in. Write what you know. Uh-huh. Dick Jones is there. Suddenly it's just him. Verhoeven and Neumeier said this scene is meant to be an homage to Papa Ferrer's scene in Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. In the sense of it being an interrogation that's maybe also erotically charged. Okay. Because okay. Dick Jones keeps on stroking his face. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Deliberate. Sure. He goes, you know, we used to make fun of the old man. Sometimes we even called him an asshole. But we always had respect. And Morton shrugs it off. He's like, you ain't got no bite no more, baby. Yeah, he, he doesn't buy it. Ed 209 sucks. Go fuck yourself. He doesn't buy it. Dick Jones. But... Don't fuck with Dick Jones. He ain't that old yet. Because what, let me check quickly. What's that he's got in the pocket? Clarence Boddicker. He's got Boddicker in the pocket. I'm going to give you the, yeah, sure. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. David's giving me the wrap it up sign. No, I'm not going to give you the wrap it up sign. We're not close to wrapping up. Although I guess, 
it is kind of close to the end already. You oh, know, wow. it's it's a it's a fast. Maybe movie. I knew exactly what I was doing. No, <laughs> but no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe I've been playing this episode like a fiddle. I'm in complete control the entire time. Oh boy! No, 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 no you no, are no. very much uh, the uh, Dick Jones of this podcast. That's not true. I'm Bob Morton. Uh, okay. You're well, old, that means you, you're, you're about to die because, oh, because as Robocop has taken out the, the lesser Bedekers, um, Boddicker, Boddickers, yeah. Boddicker comes he goes to, to the Bob disco. He takes down Ray Wise. Yeah. Ray Wise tries to kick him in, in the robo deck. But what, what happens instead? Gong. Boing. One of the most overt jokes. It's in a the good, film. it's a good, good joke. And then do you know what happens right after that? I don't. Tell me. They cut to a close-up of Paul Verhoeven dancing straight into the camera. Oh, really? It flashes for two seconds. I'll never find that. I it's just Verhoeven Google. going like this, and the That's story cute. is that he was trying to direct the extras to dance the way he wanted, uh-huh, and the camera guys told him without funny. his permission. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. editor found that footage, was like, I'm going to fucking put this in, and they kept it in. Wow. So they kick him, gong, and then it's Paul Verhoeven staring straight into the lens going like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. Taking him out, taking him down, taking him down. Boddicker... At the same time, mm-hmm. kills Bob Morton by blowing his whole house up with a Bitches grenade. leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good line. Uh, sure, sure. I mean, bad sentiment. Yeah. Good, good piece of writing. I guess so. <laughs> uh-huh. he, he tongues a grenade. Mm-hmm. He leaves it there on the table. Morton, Morton just cares about the coke. He plays the Dick Jones video. Uh wait what he plays a video from oh, Dick oh, Jones yeah, yeah, for sure. Bob okay. Morton yeah, announcing yeah, yeah. that he's about to die. Yeah, but, but Morton's like you know Miguel Ferrer he's like crawling right. to get the green. You know he's been shot or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then mm-hmm. he is dead. <laughs> so what now assumes. we know that Boddicker <laughs> and, and Dick Jones they're kind of working together, which makes not a ton of sense, but whatever. Was not in the script. Uh-huh. That was a studio note of like, oh, the two films should be working together. They were originally completely unrelated. Yeah, they should be unrelated. They don't really make much sense. I disagree. I like yeah, the I fact disagree that the too. entire company, the whole world is fucked around them. I like <sighs> I, that everyone's in cahoots. I just think it makes Boddicker more powerful than he really needs to be. Because like, like initially, he's just some asshole. That's, but I love that he's but some now asshole like who's he's also disproportionately powerful. I, I like that so. it's a corrupt corporation Thank that's you. working with the criminals. They own the cops and they got the criminals. Yeah, in yeah, I, get, yeah. I get it. I get it. It means it's Robocop versus the entire world versus the system. David well, just throwing a water bottle at my head. I want to. Um, but Boddicker... Oh, Jesus. I'm getting so... Like, there's the cocaine factory scene. So that's the, the next major thing that happens. Right. Yes. Uh, he goes... There's the awesome shot of the door kind of, like, bending, like, the cartoon that's door great, of him, like, breaking great, it in. Yes. This is a great shady The cocaine factory, factory yeah. is awesome. This is, like, probably one of the best shady factories yeah, it's of a good the shady 80s. factory. It's, like, a really good conveyor belt, like, factory line. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, the I Love Lucy chocolate factory. <laughs> and Boddicker's doing full the game tonight. Yeah. He's great. Every scene he's in is wonderful. Neumeier said that's the scene that was really poorly written where they just let him do whatever the fuck sure. he wanted. Right, right, right. Right. So he says all this weird. He does the shit where he puts his fingers in the red wine, which is such a power move. Yeah. And then just sniffs it. Yeah, that's right. And they will point the guns at each other. Right. Guns, guns, guns. Yeah. I love it all. I all love great. Kerwood. All great. Kerwood, he's amazing man. in it. And then Robocop comes in and he's kind of like excited. Like, here's this fucking Robocop dick that everyone's talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. 
And Robocop just starts busting ass. Dun, 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 dun. Cool this trick shots. Like, I swear to God. All cool right, now tri- we have now officially exceeded the running time of this movie. Great. That's what I was watching for. Okay. Carry on. Cool trick shots. Mm-hmm. He's taking them all down. He finally gets to Boddicker. Mm. Boddicker's like, yeah, you don't know what you're messing with. You can't fuck with right. me. Right. I'm with Doug J- Dick Jones, right? He, yeah. Right. Robocop takes him in. Yes. What's the charge? He's a cop killer. He's a cop killer. Who are your guys? So... Boddicker's in. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Pow. Uh, he, um, uh, but of course, Dick Jones springs him right away. Right. Because like you say, they oh, are. Give me my fucking note. phone call. He sh- spits the blood on the table. It was originally going to be like, Boddicker was the initial villain. Right. And this is the Once end of the line. Once this is resolved. Right. Yeah. End of the line creep. But yes, we are. It is revealed that yeah, Dick Jones like kind of wants Boddicker to make crime because that just sort of accelerates the Delta City thing. Yeah. And but then he's it's the also, opposite of the Dentax. But then the <laughs> please make more crime. <laughs> yes. But he goes into Dick Jones's office. Mm-hmm. He's all busted up, but he's still got that same. He's got like those great disproportionate cuts. confidence. This yeah, guy's yeah. so confident. He hits on the receptionist, mm-hmm. who is. Kerwood Smith's wife. Still oh. this day. I think that's really sweet. Were they already married? Like uh, They got married a year after they were already together. Okay. But they've been married okay. since 1988. Okay. Sweet. Um, yeah, and Jones is like, okay, I'll get you out, but like, you're really fucking shit up for me. Here's he a, is mad at him. Yes. Here's yeah. a tracking device. Fine. Go kill Robocop. I'll give you these gigantic, absurd Robocop. military uh, weaponry that will destroy him. Right. Then Robocop comes to the office because he's got the evidence on file, recorded. I work for Dick Jones. He goes in. I'm going to arrest Dick Jones. You were under arrest. Uh, 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 Directive four. He's going to give him the D, the D4. It says he cannot harm an employee of Omni Consumer Products. Yeah, you know me. And it's the classic, like, it's a, you know, scenario that's playing out over and over again now, right? Where, like, don't put your info, your data... Your life in the hands of private companies. Mm-hmm. You don't read the fine print. Yes, but even then, yes. there could be a directive for. Yeah, I like the body acting uh, of like him trying to. Yeah, like, go oh, through. That's classic. So good, like the glitchy kind of movement. He's Great. so good. Oh, oh, oh! We did miss. I'm sorry. We did miss the emotional linchpin of this movie. Oh, well, the him dream going back to his home. Yeah, I don't like that. Scene. I love that scene. Uh, that's the one scene I'm just like. I already am connected to him and him uh, as a person. I find that scene really operatic and emotional. Yeah. I, I just don't. It's the paradise lost. Because it's the scene just where he realizes eyes. he can't go back home again. Yeah. Literally. It's also vaporwave. <laughs> it's also vaporwave. Uh-huh. I just, because I don't know or care about his wife or his kid and don't need to, I just don't care. I like that that's the full extent we get of them. I like that they yeah. don't come back. I yeah. hear that in RoboCup 2, he... Meets his wife again, which is you why I that. We don't, don't want to watch that. it. We don't right. talk about it. Right. Um, but the thing where she's the, like, I have something to tell you. I love it. And then love later it. you see the full thing where I love you. Yeah, I love it. Um, I also think that's the single best piece of robot acting Weller does is at the end when he's like short circuiting, losing his mind from the like emotional overload and then he punches the screen. I yeah. like that's also set up as like the fucking. I like that. It's the, on the, the market. Yeah, I like that. Right. That's great. No I think that problem whole with that. Really well done. Yeah, it's, and the I score just, is beautiful in that sequence. You're insane. I, I I'm love, insane. I love you, but you're 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 the best. You're a cop killer. <laughs> um, it's just like this movie's an hour forty minutes long. Lose that scene. It's even leaner and meaner. Disagree. Lean and mean. Disagree. Lean and mean. This movie is the exact right length. I mean, Every it's a, I, it, I would basically agree because it's a great lean. Great. 
you know, freight train of a movie. Great. Yes. Um, you have the scene with Lewis and the sergeant, which is uh, a nice kind of downbeat moment mm. before chaos. Mm. Um, where they're sort of just resigned to it, the, the Dick Jones, like, don't fucking mess with my people. I own this. The Boddicker thing, right? When yeah. He, and they have that kind of look to each other where it's like, Reed really, he's trying his best. In tough circumstances, he's trying his best. Yeah. And, and Reed and Lewis get each other. Um, but now Robocop is gone. Directive four, they chase him out. Yeah, he's in trouble. They do that great escape where he keeps on rolling off the different levels. Well, first levels they shoot the him a million lot, times. A thousand times. Yeah, but then I, and so he's all dinged up. But then, yes, I, lo- I love the rolling. That's great. And then Lewis picks him up. Right. So you got that. He also escapes ED-209 before that. Oh, be fuck. Right. They yeah, send the ED-209 trick. the stairwell. Yeah. In the script they just wrote, Ed-209 falls down the stairs. Yeah. And Phil Tippett handed them that thing with him, like, testing Tipping his yeah, which is great. Over. Oh, he's like a little puppy. Such a good performance, like bit of character animation. Yeah, uh, and then just like collapses down the stairs and is on his back like a little a little baby turtle. Um, um, but but then now he's chased. He rolls off the different levels. He, he runs away. Room. He goes back to the mill. Right, much like Jesus, they turned on him, and he takes off his helmet. They turned on him. Yeah, we get the Jesus thing. They get there. <laughs> Lewis has gives him all the tools he needs. You might want uh-huh. to look away. Yeah. I love this scene. And in this scene, from this scene... And I also love that he never puts the helmet back on, you know. Also, from this scene on, his voice isn't modulated. Yes. Because when he says that line of, like, you might want to look away, his inflections are different, his voice is processed differently, he sounds like a person now. Yeah. he takes it off, you get this amazing fucking effect of it looking like they stretched his flesh. Yeah. Yeah. So what they did was they made his head bigger. Uh Uh-huh. Right, They built his face out bigger in size so that they could put... The back headpiece of the sure, metal right, of course, skull, which is the size of his actual head, like it's protruding, but then right. it overlaps in the front. It's a very impressive effect. It's really well done. I love the bullet wound right yep, at the top. Me too. It's really, really upsetting. It is. It's freaky, and they, but in a cool way. They send the concert. They I, uh, auditioned a lot of people for this who would want to overplay that scene and make it like the grand soliloquy of like, what did they do to me? Murphy had a wife, a son. Right, right, right. Um... Armand Asante is someone they cite by name who auditioned. Sure. I could see him going big. And did that. He likes to go big. This scene is so muted. It's just like, fuck, this is my reality. Mm -hmm. And he talks about Murphy in the third person, which I love. He's starting to feel some connection to Murphy, but he doesn't think it's him, really. He feels like that's not him. Murphy had a wife, a son. (laughs) He's getting so excited, guys. Because this is when this movie really starts kicking into like, transcendent levels for me as he starts <laughs> reckoning with his identity. You're so crazy. Uh, then it's the great the, American the, movie. And there's the scenes with the anti-tank rifles where they're, you know, we're cutting to the boys playing around, blowing right. up the shit. Boddicker's out. He's got the SUX, but he... These guns are just hysterical. Like, right. it's so funny. They're like eight feet long. And the world is chaos. And, the world is chaos. The police are now on strike. Right. At this point, we've cut between... Uh, Boddicker and his boys having fun and and Lewis saving Murphy, right? This yeah. very selfless act of kindness. Right. With just rampant chaos and nihilism and uh, uh, hedonism, right? Right. Now, I, in high school, loved this movie, as I said. Sure. And one night at family dinner, I made a RoboCop comment. And my mom said, Arnold Schwarzenegger did that? Okay. And I said, Mom... That is not RoboCop. That is the Terminator. Okay. And she said, same difference. Wow. And I went off. 
Wow, you sound like a fun guy to be around in this moment. God, everyone should hang out with 15-year-old Griffin because that guy was a little shit uh-huh. with no off so switch. Like, Mom, yes. RoboCop is a cyborg. Terminator is a robot with human disguise, I but believe- he is not relying on his organic components. I believe the argument I also used against my French mother was, if I said Truffaut oh and Godard were the same thing, you would fucking disown me. Jesus, God. Why didn't she kick you out on your ass at this very moment? She got really defensive. She was like, okay, calm down. Maybe I rate. I probably stormed off to my room, right? Yeah, seems like a good reaction from her. Bad reaction from you, good reaction from her. So like a week later, I'm at home. Uh-huh. And my mom knocks on the door. And she says, hey, are you, uh, are you done with your homework? I was like, yeah. She was like, do you have any uh, plans tonight? Are you going out or anything? And I was like, no, why? And she was like, well, I was thinking maybe we could um, watch RoboCop together. Well, and I was we like, do for our children. Really? And she was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I saw how upset you got about that thing last week. And I feel like if it means that much to you, I should watch it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I was like, I'm not sure if you're going to like it. And she's like, I probably won't. But I just, I feel like I should know about it. Okay. I sit there and watch it with her. And when like the early strikes, you know, with all the violence, the sort of ex- excessive, uh, you know, sort of maximalism of the movie, she's like, eh. At a certain point, I turned around, I'm like, what do you think? She's like, you know, it's really, it's well done. Sure. Like, I get it. She gets I, it. I get it. Right, 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 right. And then about, like, halfway through, she's like, this, this is pretty good, actually. I mean, I don't like these kinds of movies, but this is, like, pretty solid. Uh-huh. Then at this point, when they cut between the the Lewis Murphy save and the guys firing the guns. You better put play some music under this. When, you know, like, play some weird, like, mommy music under yeah. this. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She turns to me and she goes. It's like their friendship is the only pure thing left in this world. <laughs> Which I always think about when I get to this scene. I, I, I understand the, these connections to movies. The it's like our friend, their friendship yeah. is the only pure thing left in this world. The rest is chaos. You just see people looting in the streets. It's true. It's terrible. The rest of the world is bad. And to, to end this story, the next day my mom called me from work and said, Griff, I can't stop thinking about RoboCop. That movie is great. It is it is great. I mean, as much as I'm trolling you, it is great. And as much as you sound like a horrendous child. Yeah, but that's a sweet story. <laughs> Very good story. My mom's the hero of that story, ten not me. Ten story points. My mom is the hero of that story. Yes, ten hero points for your mother. Ten little shit points for 15-year-old Griffin. My mom's the robo. Your, your Band-Aid fell off and is like on your shoulder now. Oh, that's my neck Band-Aid. What did you do to yourself? This fucking skin condition. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a problem. I think uh, I'm dying. Yeah, skin's falling off. Um, Robert Cop. Uh, now Lewis Murphy there. He's taking the helmet off. She's helping him train. Get his, yes, his she, she sort of realigns his aim. Right, but he's becoming more and more human now. And now Boddicker, who has the tracking device given to him by Dick Jones, yep. comes they, with they his converge. remaining living boys yep. for this final set piece of the film. Very good set piece. Uh to just fucking kill RoboCop. Right. Kill him. Sure. Blow him up with the anti-tank gun. But here's the thing. What's the thing? He's a RoboCop. Even without the helmet. It's tough to kill him. And now also, he's got some emotional charge. Mm. He this really isn't wants just a job yeah. anymore. So how does he kill everyone? We'll get to Emil. Because obviously his death's the best. But isn't that the first one? I guess it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if Joe... He, he shoots the toxic waste. Well, no, he, he drives into the toxic waste. Right. Doesn't he? 
Yeah. A mule drives into the toxic yeah, waste yeah, yeah, in yeah. the car chase. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It all lands on him. He comes out of the car. He's a melting goop man. Yeah, he oh looks like he looks like the toxic Avenger. It's great. Um, it's great. I his, mean, his skin is like like just dripping off of his body. I know. He's like, it's an incredible uh, fucking design for something that's in the movie for like five seconds. I know, and which it's is so a level of weird. craftsmanship, but especially when these things had to be practically made. Yes. That I love. I, I like his flipper arms. I also just love oh. that it's like it's so weird even for this movie toxic waste like turns him into a mutant like that like and his ear is like all the way down on his neck now like my band-aid for my skin condition <laughs> doesn't like the henchman one of his henchmen like react to how he looks He's now. Like, ah. yeah yeah and pushes him away yeah. <laughs> and new meyer on the commentary track goes uh this is my metaphor for how relationships work in show business <laughs> this is how people treat you if you're film bombs <laughs> Which is 10 comedy points. Good job, Ed. I also just like that when he finally gets hit by one of the, the other car, boys who just is like, oh, gross. Uh, he just, he just like, he just, he, he's just water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, just melts. Yes. Yeah. Like there's just not a lot holding that. He dude just together. turns into Gak. Uh, Ed Newmeyer has written two movies, basically. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys who's written done a lot, lot of, of other. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's, it's essentially Starship Troopers and this are his two amazing films. The, I mean, he wrote the Great American Movie, so, you know, it's better than the rest of us. Yeah, I agreed. Um, I actually know, or is, I have, a, like, a family connection to Michael Miner. Okay. Like, a vague one. I've never met him. Can we reach out to him? Uh, yeah, I think he uh, exploded from cocaine after this movie, oh. if that makes sense. I mean, he's still alive, I think, but, like, I think this movie, uh, <laughs> he's rich forever because of it. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I'm not sure, though. I don't mean to, I actually don't mean to... Uh, uh, What's the word? Uh, denigrate this sure. person who I barely even know. Uh, Neumeyer says uh, on the on the commentary, he's like, uh, I had a very hard time dealing with the success of this movie. Like, yeah. I spent years struggling, and I've had ups and downs in show business, and the lean years have their own problems. But this movie was so weirdly big, and there was so much pressure on us because we had done something so different that I actually didn't know how to handle it, and I kind of collapsed for a couple of years. Which I think is why mm-hmm. he doesn't really make another big. Maybe move it's Ed Newmeyer who exploded from cocaine. One of them exploded from cocaine. That seemed to be the implication from how Newmeyer. I mean, was look, talking. maybe they both did. It was the eighties. Yes. Uh, so RoboCop, he fights them. Yeah. What does he do to Joe Cox though? I can't remember. And because <sighs> he blows up, uh, you know, what's her name? Uh, you know, uh, Lewis blows up Ray Wise right. uh, by shooting him up in the tower there. Right. I think he just shoots him. He up, just right? shoots yeah. him. I guess. Yeah. He's. I think he. Well, I can't remember if he's the first I or mean, second. Who's laughing shot. now? Uh, exactly. And uh, right. then, you know, finally he stabs Bedeker with his. Well, because uh, Ray Wise information has spike. the big crane yeah, he and drops he drops the, the debris shit. on him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, crushes a shot I love where good it, shot. Robocop Very just, good like, shot. fucking collapses. I know. It's cool. It's right? intense. And then Lewis gets back, blows him up, and now Bodeker's there, and Robocop rises and say it with me now. I'm not going to say it with you. He walks on water. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Clarence Boddicker, you are under arrest. Mm-hmm. He's there. They said, how do we fucking get RoboCop to kill Boddicker? We don't know what it is. It wasn't in the screenplay. And they were like, oh, fuck. We'd never use the information spike again. <laughs> like good. Chekhov's gun, it was hanging up there the whole time. Yep. What a satisfying payoff. Fucking just lances him. Another Into very gruesome shot. Yep. yep, yep. Underneath the jaw. Mm-hmm. Boom. Dead. Murphy. I'm a mess. And she just collapses into the water. And he says, They'll fix you. Whatever. They fix everything. They fix everything. Which was a Peter Weller improv. Oh, Not really? Script, a gorgeous it's line. It's a great line. I just love because it's so like haunted. You right. Know? And at this point, he has full awareness quote, unquote, of what was fixed, done to him. Exactly. He doesn't feel like Robocop. He feels like a fixed 
Frankenman. Yeah, he is a Frankenstein. Um, so now they're Final there. scene. Boom. Boardroom. There was originally further material written okay. after this point. Okay. It wasn't going to end this concisely. Which it, it ends concisely. Masterstroke of the movie. I, I truly believe, and I know I'm saying a lot of hyperbolic things in this episode. <laughs> the ending's amazing. This is the best final line in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you wackadoo. Uh, it's a good final line, though. Joanna just turned to me when she was like, that's it? They just end it? And like, you couldn't do it today, which was her argument. You couldn't. No studio would allow this as an ending. I will ask you this sincerely yeah. and and you can answer this and I, any I can't think of final lines, right? I'll, I'll try and think of some good final. Think lines. of another movie where there is a one word summation one of the word. entire thematic concern of the film resolved in one word. One word is a challenge. I have yeah, no idea. I'll think, think about it. No, it doesn't have to be one word, but I'm just saying. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. Everyone always thinks of that. Okay, that's a joke. No. Three comedy points. No, three? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give it more than three. I got issues with Joey Brown. <laughs> what? What do you ever do to you? Oh, boy. You fucked with the wrong Griffin. <laughs> uh... All right, yeah, it's a great final line. But before then, just... He walks into the office. I think thank you is just so good. Right. Does this fucking information spike into the screen? Plays. Yeah, plays the, the evidence. Yeah, Right, I had to kill Bob Morton. Oh, shit. Now... Takes the old man. Holding him hostage, gun yeah. to the head. Oh, is this going to become a whole new action scene? Directive four flashing. How do we get out of this? Old man goes, Dick! You're fired. Good shit. Directive four, shut down. Thank you. Boom. Puppet Ronnie Cox flies out the window. Crazy shot. Gorgeous, like fucking. <laughs> this like the uh, since the rest of the stop motion is like a fucking T Rex in a in a car commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Ed two oh nine. Once they get to a human stop motion puppet, it suddenly feels like we're in Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I forgot to mention that the, oh <laughs> they said that when they screened so the film angry. for the LA times, yeah. when it cut straight from Lewis saving Murphy mm-hmm. from the police firing squad, hard cut to the T-Rex and the SUX commercial, the head critic from the LA times got up from her seat, went to the projectionist booth and said, you've messed up. You played a reel from a different movie. <laughs> Wow. Because she didn't know why a dinosaur was in the movie. Yep. Well, the reason they put that in is because Verhoeven and John Davidson wanted to make a dinosaur movie. They pitched a dinosaur, an animated stop motion dinosaur movie to Disney that was going to be classical music over a story of survival with non talking dinosaurs. And that film was eventually turned into Dinosaur, the CGI animated film. Weird movie, to be clear. But that started out as a Verhoeven movie. Had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, So. Shoots him, nice, falls out the window. Nice shooting, son. Straight in the tie. What's your name? And he says... He gives a sly little smile. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Let's just wait a while, see what happens. Try to think of good last lines. We need to fuck. <laughs> oh, that's a great last line. I just I rewatched that, last that movie. Line. Yeah, Masterpiece. That's, that is an incredible last line. Best. That's in my top 10 last lines ever. It's in my top 10 movies ever. I'm finished. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. That's pretty good. But he says Murphy. Yeah, Murphy. And it's the most concise, beautiful, elegant ending ever because suddenly he knows who he Where is. Where we're going, we don't need roads. 
He starts out as Alex Murphy. Yes. He becomes RoboCop, a man without an identity. Then he starts to understand that he once was Murphy, but refers to him in the third person, thinks of it as a different guy, and now finally, stripped down, armor, crunched, mask removed, face visible, voice no longer distorted. He knows who he is. He's fucking Alex Murphy. He can't go home again. The wife and son are gone. He's not man. He's not machine. He's 100% cop, but he still knows what his fucking identity is. At the end of the day, he's Alex goddamn Murphy, and he's the American Jesus. Would have done it in July. (laughs) What if he'd said that? Birds. Dead or alive, you're coming with birds. Birds. (laughs) We have lost our minds. Was Uh, a forced water landing. Great movie. RoboCop is a great movie that is a hilarious satire of American uh, police militarization gone wild. Question though, David. the psyche of our nation. And according to you, Jesus. What's your question? Jesus, Ben just like dislocated his physically falling apart now. (laughs) I have a skin condition. I don't know. Uh, I got a question though. What's your question? What was the box office like that? Oh, what a great question. Can I just say this thing? Yeah. What? Originally, they had further shit, further yeah, yeah. dialogue, and when they got to it, they just went, oh, the last line of the movie is Murphy. Yeah. yeah they yeah. cut it off there. Uh-huh. It just, just title card. And Verhoeven tells a story about going to see the film after it did surprisingly well, seeing it at a theater in Harlem where the audience was really fucking into it. Mm-hmm. And when it got to the end of the movie and the old man goes, nice shooting son, what's your name? Before he even said they it. They went, Murphy. They all yelled out, Murphy. And Verhoeven said he got chills, and it was the greatest moment of his career as a director. It was the most I, satisfying That's thing. pretty cool. That's great. And Newmeyer tells a similar story about seeing it opening night, and when it went from Murphy to—that's the other thing. He says Murphy, and then it's just the word RoboCop. It's the two identities yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, no, it's great. Back to back. The audience, like, exploded. Like, they went ballistic. It is too bad that the sequels are bad, because there's plenty of opportunity to make great sequels to this movie. But the character needs to evolve. It of needs course. to be the RoboCop no, he ends the, up what, being at the end, rather than just resetting yes, what, to now he's got the helmet on and he's a robot cop. And you can put him. the helmet back on if you want. He just has to be Murphy. I think you need to redesign the suit a little bit. I think he needs to have an evolution. No, I think it's fine with him. I think he can't have the same helmet on. I think you need to see his eyes. No, no. Then you can't make a sequel. No, you, I, got, you have to have that. Yeah, here's my hot take. You don't no. need a sequel. You gotta no. introduce time travel. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. No, I think the helmet's fine. You just say he can pop it up and down. Like it doesn't, you don't, whatever it is. He needs the helmet because the helmet is why the movie works. It's just how Jaws, like the score is 50% yeah. of why the, the helmet is 50% of why that movie works. Well, it's like in the fucking remake, it's a visor and it flips yeah, up and his that. whole face is underneath there and it looks normal. Well, because they want you to show you Joel Kinnaman or whatever. Right. They spend so much money on Joel Kinnaman that they have mm, to roll make- eyes. But I think you, it's just, there's so the world is so fun and Omni yeah. consumer products is so fun like that. There's just so many fun things you could do. And that's why I, I've seen some of the live action show, the cartoon show. I think like that's the way to do is just make like spinoff shows where like the stories are just fun adventures. But the movies, it's a like I think it was impossible to replicate the all the elements. Why did I get us started on this? Yes, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think you don't want to see canonical weighted stories with him not being full awesome Robocop, but also it's sad to see him not be the happier, more reconciled Murphy. Mm-hmm. Just so, just do the TV show. Box office opened at number one. It's surprise did. hit. <laughs> yes. Uh July seventeenth, nineteen eighty seven. That is summer. Uh it opened It's to- almost thirty years ago. A yes, little over. It, shut up. Almost thirty one now by the time this episode comes yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. It opened to eight million dollars. Okay. 
uh, which was adjusted for inflation would be about 18 million now. So, you know, big, big opening weekend, but yeah. obviously it's not on the kind of on screens. On like less than a thousand screens? No, 1,500 screens. Hey. Number one. I'd buy million. that for a dollar. Yeah. You got uh, it, David? Uh-huh. Um, I, would, I would buy that for quiet. a dollar. Uh, 53 million domestic total, which is adjusted about. 115? 122. Hey, not bad. Uh, number two. I'd buy that for 122, though. Shut up. Number two at the box office is a reissue of a classic animated film. A Disney picture. Yes. Open to $7.5 million. Real counter-programming to RoboCop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you give me the decade? 30s. Is it Snow White? Yes, I believe that's the only 30s Disney movie. I believe you are correct. I think Pinocchio is 1940. I mean, Bambi is 40. Yeah. I think Snow White's 39, right? I thought it was 30. Oh, Bambi's 42. I thought it was 37. Pinocchio's the second one. Yeah, right. Oh, I was right. I, wish. I, I, was, I shouldn't have uh, yeah. overthunk it. Yeah, yes, I'm right. Snow White is 37. Pinocchio is 40. Okay. Because, you know, it took a while. Yeah. Um, number three mm-hmm. is the fourth and I believe last uh, in a series that uh, is a great movie and then three terrible sequels. So this is the it's third, also opening. No, it's the fourth. I'm saying this is the third terrible sequel in a Correct. row. Correct. Yes, it's number four. And this is the end of the franchise. I I'm sure it is. They didn't make another one. I believe uh, the actor, lead actor in this movie, has very clearly stated that he made this movie to buy like a nice summer home. Oh, uh, this is Jaws for the Revenge. Correct. Starring Michael Caine. <laughs> yes. Who did not accept his own Academy Award. Because he was filming this movie. Correct. And uh, never always regretted it. Because he won for Hannah and Her Sisters. Yeah. Yes. And they said, uh, you know, do you have any regrets? Right. And he said, I have not seen the picture, but by all accounts, it is terrible. However, I have seen the house it bought. And by all accounts, it's wonderful. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, number- or shall I say, I have not seen the uh, picture. No, no, don't, don't, don't. But by all accounts, it is terrible. So that opening, that these are all new openings. But I have seen the house it bought. And by all, all accounts. Shut up. It was wonderful. Shut the fuck up. I'm so hungry. Um, that that was an opening. Uh, that was, uh, the, all three of those were new to the yeah. theater this week. Yeah, Jaws they all made hit. about the same amount of money yeah. in their opening weekends. Jaws 4, Rebel The Revenge. Lingers. Does not make much money. Yeah. 20 million total. No. Number four was number one the week before. It's a sequel as well. People... Complain about the sequels. Is it? Yeah, but they were rampant back then. Is it a deuce or are we it's going? A deuce. It's a deuce. Okay, we get It's a deuce. deuce. Uh, okay. It's a comedy. Uh, to in a uh, to mashed a, up with another genre. No, no, straight. It, it's just a comedy. I hate these movies. Yeah, it's really. Oh, Police Academy too. No, but you're near. Yeah, yeah, problematic is a good word. Same, same. I mean, not near. Maybe not quite as like blatantly bad as the Police Academy. How many movies? were there in total? Oh, good question. So a lot. I don't know. I don't think about these movies at all. I, it doesn't even say here. We can have Bernie's too? No. no. I hate these movies. Yeah. Mannequin 2 on the move? <laughs> no. I think you hate these movies. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's even weird that I hate them. Just like, five. there's four total. There's four total. But two of them are TV movies. Oh, oh, Revenge of the Nerds. Number two. Uh, two. Called. Subtitle. Because four, th- three is Nerds in Love, four is Nerds in Paradise? No, this is Nerds in Paradise. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, bad franchise. Yeah. Yeah, bad movies. So there it is. Booger rules, though. 
fine. Booger's, uh, Booger's cool. Number five. Booger's cool. Is the penultimate movie by a director we just referenced uh, without saying his name. Booger? <laughs> oh god! <laughs> David is now thrown. He is conclusively. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I've got another bottle. He threw a water bottle at me. Ben I is missed, another but, bottle. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's we've we've mentioned him today. Uh, yeah, but we mentioned we just mentioned one of his movies in our final lines uh, rampage. So that was his last movie. Nobody's this is perfect. his penultimate oh. movie. That that what? Wait, not nobody's. We perfect. referenced his last movie. Mm-hmm. This was the film before final his lines. last film. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not sound like a hot. It's uh, oh oh oh. It's Full Metal Jacket. Correct. Right. Full Metal Jacket, which made a pretty healthy forty six yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Uh, way above its budget. One of its bigger his bigger hits. <sighs> yeah, but he, you know he made a lot of hits. Uh, the people. I feel yeah. like people sort of forget this. You know, it's like The Shining was a, a nice sized hit. I think Unadjusted. That's number two, though, behind Two Thousand One. Uh, uh, Unadjusted. It is number three. Oh, behind Shining as well. No, Eyes Wide Shut made fifty five million dollars. Yeah, that's so. It's so weird that Eyes Wide Shut opened to number one in July. People were really hyped up for that movie, and then they saw it. Yeah, and, and it, it freaked them out. Weird. <laughs> Ooh, uh, like his only real bomb. Is I, I guess like paths of glory. Eyes wide shut definitely didn't make money, considering how much it cost. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Gives okay, a whatever. I don't, shit. I, don't I don't know. Shit. I don't know. Uh, what do you think of Full Metal Jacket? You know what? I've actually never seen the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. I watched on TV when I was uh, in high school, and for whatever reason, I never finished it. So I've only seen the first half. Well, that's the you know supposedly yeah. the good half. I like the that's second the half. That's the thing. Second half's like just weird. Judge. I think it's very good, but I've also haven't seen the half. The, of- Turned some people off. Yeah, but I mean, it's not bad. It's just that the first half is so spellbinding. Yeah. Adventures in Babysitting, which someone recently told me to watch on the uh, blank, ready blanky Slack uh, Reddit, whatever the fuck. So it's not for is killing it right now. I guess so. Good He's for him. Thor in that movie. He's the original Thor. Uh, yeah. Remember that? No. Uh, Inner Space with uh, my boy Dennis Quaid. Joe Dante. Uh, uh, a movie I hope we get to cover someday. Sure. Beverly Hills Cop Two. The Deuce. The Witches of Eastwick. A lot of good movies. So Ryan the, Cox the, is the, killing the, it too. The Untouchables, which hey, we mentioned. Hey. Spaceballs. This is an amazing weekend. A lot of movies to see. If you're more interested in uh, going to the theater in July 1987. Well, I was, uh, when this movie came out, I was one year old. One, one, you know, about 15 months. Okay, Dave, we don't have time for personal stories. Let's wrap it up, please. <laughs> uh, it's a tight episode. This film was nom- <laughs> nominated for two Oscars. Editing and editing sound. Editing and sound. And it it was sound. given a special Oscar for sound editing, which was not yet like a full category. Then. Okay. Um, so that was a special achievement award. Given but editing to was definitely an unusual, unexpected nomination for this movie. Uh, sure, yeah, because the other, I mean, you know, yeah. editing nominees are often just the uh, Best Picture nominees, and indeed, sure. the other four are Best Picture nominees. Can you name them? 1987, uh, Full yeah. Metal Jacket. No, no, wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Really? No. Just right. Best Screenplay. Okay. Uh, the no. winner of 1987's Oscar. A good movie. A good movie. Very stately. A goofy movie? No. It's not Amadeus? No, that's 84. Uh, long, very long epic period drama. Out of Africa? Nope. It's uh, 85 or 86. Long epic uh, Asian. Oh, Last Emperor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which wins. Uh, then you got a comedy that we might be talking about one day. 87. Great year for that movies. might be Broadcast News? Yes. 
Then you got a Spielberg movie, not nominated for Best Picture. So I was wrong, actually. He said Spielberg. It's not a Jones. No. Is it's one it of his fi- prestige pictures. Uh, is it, uh, 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 why am I forgetting to tell now? The, uh, the Empire yes, of the Sun. Yes, Empire of the Sun. Yes. And then you got Robocop. And I'm sorry, then, you mean Robert Cop. Uh, and then you've got uh, a sex thriller. That was uh, the biggest hit of the year, pretty much. You said it's not a goofy movie? No, it's not a goofy movie or an extremely goofy movie. Fatal Attraction? Yes. All the other nominees, Best Picture nominees, were Hope and Glory and Moonstruck. I love Moonstruck. I've never seen Hope and Glory. I've never gotten into Moonstruck. I try to give it a shot every couple of years, and I still... I don't dislike it, but I, I, I like never it never clicks. The moon doesn't hit my eye like oh, a big pizza pie. Click you. Ben, how you doing? It's late. We kept you late. Let's wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So this is your number one Verhoeven with a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You so could Griffin just described the whole plot of Robocop to you. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. You're welcome. He took longer than the movie does. Um, I suppose I talked a little bit. This movie won uh, one, two, three, four, five Saturn's awards. So try and top that. He Weller should have been nominated for best acting. Uh, he was nominated. Oh, by the Saturns. By yeah. the Oscars. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. But he's amazing in this movie. Did he did he win the Saturn that year? Nope. Who won? <sighs> you make me look it up. Aren't Who went you? home with the ring. <laughs> but you know what? Let me say this. You fucker. If Weller was nominated, I stopped recording. I hit. All right, now we're good. <laughs> he literally <laughs> stopped recording. The headphones fell down. Ben laughed, dropped the headphones off his head, hit the keyboard. Best actor went to Jack Nicholson for The Witches of Eastwick. Oh. Well, I look forward to being nominated but not winning and being able to say I'm in the rarefied company that Peter Weller. It's too bad. Everyone else nominated for the best actor Saturn this year is so good. Michael Nury in The Hidden. Who? A fucking great movie. Yeah. Uh, Terry O'Quinn in The Stepfather. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. This is the Saturn's honoring like the yeah. genre movies. Yes. Peter Weller, Schwarzenegger in Predator, Lance Henriksen in Pumpkinhead. Five great nominees, but then they're like, they can't help themselves. Nicholson probably didn't even show up to the ceremony. 100% did not show up. And yet up. they're like, oh, Jack Nicholson for the Witches of Eastwick. What if he just was there in the front row wearing a tux of sunglasses? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> They give it to him at like the Lakers game. He's yeah. like, oh, thank you. Yeah. They gave him the ring. I mean, Nicholson's a creep, right? Jessica Tandy won for. I mean, there's. No, I, I mean, probably. It's going to. Yeah, you want to do Benny a, on the record? I mean, yeah, that's Joe. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's true, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're like. Uh, Jessica Tandy won Best Actress for Batteries Not Included at that Oscar. It's just the weirdest Saturn. That's cool. That's cool. Saturn's rule. I used to spend so much time looking up Saturn winners because they nominated and, and would give awards to the kind of performances that I love that never get recognized. Anyway. Um, and I hope to join that company someday. Start my campaign now. Consider anyway, me in a fur Penny's coat. on the record. Melissa Leo style telling you. Consider. It's 2017. I'm predicting that Nicholson will be revealed to be the creep that he is. Uh, you know, he's certainly uh, Lara Flynn Boyle. You know, that's a certain, that's all I really know of Jack Nicholson's life. Yep. So <laughs> that was our episode on Robert Cop. Yep. Great, great movie. American film. Uh, great movie. Um, subpar to bad episode. Uh, we did a great job. Oh, now, are you happy? Cause that's this weird because, oh my God, I just was handed a Saturn award <laughs> for this episode. Why are you so happy? You were going to tell me why you were so happy. 
Because I watched RoboCop twice in 24 hours. Oh, that's the reason. Oh, you're so weird. Um, the best mood He was like, I have now. news that I will share with you once we start I recording. I said, I'm in a really good mood. I'll tell you why when sure. we start recording because I want your reaction in real time. And now it's captured forever in history. That's the magic of podcasting. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank uh, you yes, for listening. Thanks for listening. Please Next please week remember, we have a Total Recall with the We Hate Movies Boys. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. We, we got we got some of the We Hate Movies Boys. We're hopefully going to get the other ones on for another episode. Uh, we didn't want to overload you with too many boys in one room on the mic. Yep. Um, yep. but, uh, yeah, tune in for that. Uh, uh, total recall with the, we hit movies boys. Uh, let's think the Jetsons being the Flintstones, my favorite reference. Uh, please remember rate review, subscribe, go to blankies.red.com for some real nerdy shit. Thanks to Ange for Gudo for our social media, Lee Montgomery for our theme song, Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. And as always, I am a supporting actor <laughs> in the tip. Category Rooney Mar and Carol supporting actor. What's a Ethan Hawke in Training Day? That's what you're pulling right Less now. Less competition <laughs> number two on the call sheet. <laughs> <laughs>